Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode number 92 here on Monday, July 30th, 2018. We're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. What's going on, sir? Ready for 1992? Wow, 1992. What a year that was. What a year that was. I like that year, actually. I like that year, too. And we're going to get into that year with you folks very shortly. But before we get to any of that, I just want to remind you, if you haven't yet, go follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. And you can also email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the number one place to interact with you and me and all the other zany retro wrestling fanatics is the Facebook group. Yes, the Facebook group over at facebook.feet.web.g1. Because uh, <laughs> okay. it's that season. Yes. Um, over there, we have the retro wrestling. We talk about the retro. You can go over there, post what you want. We let anyone in. Mm-hmm. You can talk about whatever you want, you know, old, preferably, but, you know, some You can new, bring up the new. It's some okay. new mixed in. Like, I was just oh, saying no. the G1. I've been talking about that with some of the fans over there. It's thrilling. Yeah. It, oh. <laughs> Very one nice. Day, one day I'm going to have a special G1 podcast. Not with me or not. Yeah. I don't know who you're going to do it maybe with. I'll, maybe I'll get uh, Big Daddy Mike like, to do it with me. Yes, and a special salute. Uh, obviously, we uh, we didn't know last week. It was only you know a few days afterwards, and we, we were live last week, so right. we, yeah. we missed it, obviously. We're always live on this podcast. But a uh, belated congratulations to, um, to someone we'll talk about a little bit more later, but Big Daddy Mike Crockett uh, yeah. had his first child on July 19th, so a uh, shout-out to Mike Crockett there. But anyway, yes, uh, the face Facebook group, great place if you just want to bullshit about the retro wrestling. Yeah, and you know we've been saying you don't need to be some kind of expert. This isn't like uh, rspwfaq.com. Yeah. Like we're not looking down on you. We're not like it's fine. If Bring you up whatever you want. Anything, yeah. just join the group. It's free. We'll approve you. It'll be a great time. We'll have some more information later as well about our Patreon and some other friends of the show. But uh, Quinn, we uh, last year we had a very successful side career. Yes. And we were um, private wrestling investigators. And we retired from the force, episode number 90. No more force. Carl has kicked us out. Carl kicked us out. We started a bit of like, I guess you'd call it like a kind of an entertainment audio column where we kind of recap the 90s. Uh huh. And last year we went through 1991. So last year, 1991, the WBF, Quinn. Oh, yeah, that. That was formed. Hogan was the man again. There was no more NBC. WWF was gone. Flair left the WCW and joins the WWF. And AWA was a goner. That was 1991 in a nutshell. But let's get you now to 1992 in a nutshell. Welcome, everybody. The revolutionary force in sports entertainment. As the biggest night in the history of this great organization. Good guys versus bad guys. The WCW. New World Order. 
It sucks. Yes, the 90s, 1992 in a nutshell. Thank you for being with us here for this special audio magazine column here. <laughs> Quinn, uh, 1992 was an interesting year in the world of North American professional wrestling, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I can hear them penciling in the articles right now <laughs> yes, in, in right. the magazine and getting it to the printer. That's right. Because there's so much to talk about in 1992. And we have to do it in a nutshell. Yeah. In a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say the most notable thing to start off the year, much better than the WB from last year, Quinn. Well, that stunk. Yeah, no shit. Perhaps one of my favorite matches of all time and one of the best matches, the Royal Rumble 1992. One of the most monumental uh, matches, period. To me, it, it's set in stone that the Royal Rumble will be here to stay. It will always be around. It yes. is the definitive match. It's the first one with a stipulation. It really meant something that year. Yeah, it was the yeah, first no, time it, it meant anything. It is definitely the first time. It, in this year, it meant you were the champion, which is like, it can't get much better than that. Everything was kind of a come down from there. Honestly, yeah. The, yeah, I mean, the he, stipulation they added the following year, which is you face a champion, that's okay. Which is what they've done every year, that's other than do. that one Roman Reigns versus everyone thing. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 92 Rumble, not only was it a showcase for Ric Flair, it was a showcase for the freaking roster that we were talking about for late 91 last year. Yes, the uh, roster was building, and I awesome. feel like this is the culmination. Awesome. I mean, in this Royal Rumble, you had uh, Roddy Piper. Undertaker. Undertaker. Shawn Michaels. Heartbreaker. Uh, <laughs> Bulldog. Now, Brett wasn't in it because he was sick or something. You no, know, I'm going to go to the WCW. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Hawk Hogan. There was Sergeant Slobber. Psycho Sid. Jake Roberts. I mean, the list goes Rick The Mar Macho Man. Rick Martell. Yeah, Virgil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Virgil again was great. Well, I mean, Rick Martell was going in with that um, record or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Remember he oh, he was in there for 53 minutes, Brain. <laughs> I literally only remember that record just because, like, Gorilla is going on and on <laughs> yeah. and on. Oh, he's so close to the record. <laughs> like, the whole time. And there he is, the current record holder. And we've talked about the, the 92 Rumble uh, a lot, so we don't yeah. need to keep rehatching. But man, is that still one of the most enjoyable matches for me? It's, it's just epic, fantastic. And it's got gr the greatest commentary. The greatest commentary, right. Yeah. That might be their best job they've ever done commentating anything. Yeah, I, I don't know anything better. Barbarian doesn't like Claire. Barbarian doesn't like anybody. When I managed him, he barely liked me. Why do you think they call him the Barbarian? He's not a hairdresser on his day off, you know? fantastic everything just, about it is perfect and like i said i think it's a landmark event and it it set that it gave us kind of the way the the year would flow yes. every year it was like okay the royal rumble sets up for wrestlemania and it was well done and then you know everything divulges from there and also quinn put that cigarette out yes <laughs> rick flair rick flair put that cigarette out yeah that whole thing rick flair you have made world put that cigarette out you know, the following month, Quinn, we mentioned last year that mm -hmm. the AWA closed, and that was kind of a big deal. I mean, they had been on decline, but it was a big deal. That was a pillar. Well, I wouldn't say it was a big deal by 1990. The fact that there was no more AWA when for, you know, 40 years there have been th the three big ones was kind of a big deal. But however, in February, Michael, a new little promotion uh, that at the time was an NWA territory, believe right. it or not, Eastern championship wrestling formed in the philadelphia area yes in 1992 there's not much to report other not than much. the forming and i i suppose they had house shows and stuff i don't uh, from my understanding there was no tv until 93 that's what i understand yeah. as well at this point so yeah. there's no tv yet however it's there and the eastern championship wrestling would become a big fixture of uh, as we go along and with 90s in a nutshell you'll hear a lot from them yes they are very prominent uh, as the 90s continue 
but a little shout out there because they formed in February rather unassumingly, rather quietly. Yeah. And they'd go on to become a major player in the 90s. Go uh, watch the first 10 minutes of Rise and Fall of the ECW yeah. to understand what, you know, me and Todd Gordon and, and that, like Eddie Gilbert, they had a falling out and all this bullshit. But you know what I'm talking about. You can tell Quinn's watched it a few times. Yeah. Uh, in March, Quinn, something very interesting happened. The mainstay for eight years, and I guess we'll spend a couple minutes on this one here. The big item here in our article, in our yes. magazine here, okay? Hulk Hogan, who had been the WWF champion for the most part since 1984, like right. their primary champion and definitely their number one guy, mm-hmm. he announces, quote unquote, his retirement. Now, coincidentally, the WWF was about to uh, get a little allegations are going on there. You know, there's some steroids. There's things. Go- there, there's um things going on. Sexual assault allegations about now, Pat Patterson. And- this is that's from a guy that uh, Murray Hoskins later yes, on, and which- also Rita Marie. Oh, oh, the woman rap? That came up I around that time. I didn't know she time. was involved with that. For some reason, Billy Graham was always like, and they made me take steroids. Yeah, well, he was <laughs> not, so he was not okay. And, he was on drugs. And Bruno's like, Vince, this is not good condition. You can't be he doing this. He was still bitter about his son who, you know, would appear in WCW later Bruno, on, yeah. like 97 or something. Ew. Surely he must have performed some of these sexual acts that they're being alleged to get to where you were. <laughs> Amidst all of this, uh, I guess someone thought it was a good idea, probably Terry Bollea and Vincent McMahon, that Hogan should step away from the limelight. You know, mm-hmm. step away from the spotlight here. Let's let's take the focus off the big, tall steroid guy. Why? Okay. Why do you think that they chose a retirement angle rather than just a like, you know, earthquake sits on him angle or whatever? I guess to make it more final in the eyes of the public, the general public. The do, you WWE- think, do you think that they thought that they would get a big boom when he came back? Like that, it would there's be also like, that. Oh shit, Hulk Hogan's back. There's like, also that. Hmm. What's funny though is that even Hogan himself, he left room for doubt. I remember because it's. I think it's on the WrestleMania eight event. You mean that interview where they're on the stupid chairs, <laughs> yes! like where that you know the same place where Gorilla does those Coliseum tapes for like Good Times video. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for the inspiration, and thank you for Hulkamania. Thank you for Hulkamania. Yeah. No, but also he's like at some press conference or dinner or something. He's like, when I get done with my new movie, Rough Stuff, which <laughs> was Mr. Nanny, he's like, I might come back. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Uh, <laughs> so anyway. He never would go. He never went. But it was interesting, Quinn. The reason why I wanted to bring up his retirement is because for the first time, for an extended period of time, and not just a month or two, the WWF was going to dive into a Hulk Hogan-less era. And thank the Lord, because... <laughs> Holy shit, you got all this talent. I mean, you got Ric Flair. Yeah, they Rick got Ric Flair. Flair. Macho Man. When got, they well, they let him wrestle still. Yeah, the Babe Ruth of wrestling. <laughs> yes, the Macho Man. That's what they always called him. Bret Hart was on the rise, like we mentioned last year. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is on the rise. Undertaker. Undertaker yeah. was a, a big lot deal. Of, a lot of the people that, you know, were prominent in the Royal Rumble that kind of set the stage. You didn't really need Hogan when you had all these guys. And, you know, some may argue, you know, they went down in prominence or whatever, but most of 92 was a creative renaissance. There was so many good angles going on. There was a lot of good stuff. I love all anything involving Ric Flair until the very end of the year, which we'll get to later. <laughs> you know, Jake the Snake doing his thing. Jake was still very good. Year. Yep. Of course, like we were saying with Sean and Brett, you had that rivalry awesome. developing. Awesome, yeah. They still had that big thing with SummerSlam later in the year. So it's like the, the talent was there. There was some know? good talent and yeah. more more would come in uh, towards the end of the year. And of course, the Warrior came back too, Quinn, during that same period of time in April. 
I could see why that was probably in their mind. They were like, well, there's no Hulk. So if we team up like warrior, Randy Savage, right. it's like, okay, they can like anchor the company. Hey, name value, if nothing else, right? right. If we know how it panned out. Right. And we'll be talking about I mean, that. I wouldn't trust that warrior. <laughs> no. Right? After the first time you've screwed me over. But. <laughs> also, Quinn and May uh, nails showed yeah, up. Well, so speaking of 92 angles boss man. and all that, but. The premise isn't a bad one. If you really think about the premise, it's like, all right, boss man, we know was a heel. Mm-hmm. So at some point he was like a corrupt prison guard. Not right. a, but not he's a, not corrupt anymore. Not a cop though. Yeah. Right. He's not corrupt anymore. And he wasn't a cop. He didn't arrest nails. Just he, like, let's get it. Let's set the record he just straight like, here. He babysat him. Yeah. So it would have been great. You know, an ex-con, he's this unstoppable force. The problem is the guy was the worst thing ever. Yeah, he sucked at everything. (laughs) He sucked at talking. He sucked at wrestling. He sucked at selling. Yeah. (laughs) You name it. And he was also a horrible person who, like, almost killed Vince McMahon or something. (laughs) In 92. Yeah. So that fits in. Yeah, December and Green Day, I think it was, or something like that. But in June, let's go to the WCW for a second here. Uh Spend a a minute on them. They held uh, the first of two Beach Blast pay-per-views. And if you're not familiar with those folks, it was basically the precursor to bash at the beach mm-hmm. it was just held in june instead of july right uh, they flipped the bash and the the beach blast the beach blast 92 was rather unremarkable but there was one real standout match that i haven't seen in a long time but it's very very good and mm-hmm. we talked about uh this guy uh before uh rick rude we've talked about recently yes. rick rude and ricky steamboat Yes. Someone that was just in the WWF last year. Right. This is this is a huge, huge thing, right? Yeah, 30-minute Iron Man match, which is pretty you know, cool. I got to say, WCW in this time period, um, you know, after they found their footing after Flair left, I thought they did a great job for the time being. I, I really do. Uh, I mean, 93 withstanding, but everyone was sucking then. So. There's a lot of problems in 93 yeah. in general, yeah. yes. But with the Dangerous Alliance and with the rise of a guy like Rick Rude to main event status, and I believe they, they had guys like uh, Steve Austin was, yeah, Austin was definitely Steve. a big deal in 92. Well, yeah, because of the Dangerous, Dangerous Alliance. And Pillman was there. Right, right. They would go on to team up in 93. Now, Dangerous Alliance was more in 91. It started in 91. Yeah. I think it did leak into 92, though. Right, And yeah. that helped elevate Austin, helped elevate Rick Rude. Correct. And they had a pretty good time without Ric Flair, just like WWF was dealing without Hogan. It just goes to show you that, especially in 92, it was it's the kind of year that we were seeing these big anchors, they were great and all, but I think like it can move on. Everything won't die when Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair go away. It's kind of like uh, in baseball where you might have like two big home run hitters and the rest of the team is mediocre, but you still win games. This is more of like a team effort where everyone just pitches in right. and does their best, you know, and really works hard. And that's what I kind of, the vibe I get from 92. Yeah, any promotion can be hot as long as the storylines are good and, you know, you utilize each and every member of your talent roster, really. I'm, you know, Papa Shango could be good if you yeah. use him, right? And like, if he was a good wrestler, yeah. Yeah, my, but, you know, <laughs> you could use anybody correctly, and that kind of... I agree. To me, 92 is like, you know, the scotch tape year. Like, you're just putting everything together. And, I like that it's scotch and not duct tape. Yeah, no, scotch tape. <laughs> you're just scotch taping all this these angles together. And I thought everything's really interesting in, in 92. In both promotions, and here's one for you for ECW, folks. In July of mm-hmm. 1992, Jimmy Snuka... <laughs> Wins the uh, aforementioned ECW heavyweight title back from Johnny Hotbody. Huh? And if you're wondering who that is, you can continue to wonder because I don't know. <laughs> he was just a wrestler. He that, existed. He there. existed. Yeah. But the funny thing is that, you know, who Snooker would lose it to in September, Quinn. Don Morocco. Don- <laughs> 
Just it's just funny that two very early '80s names that actually fought each other in WWF. That's what ECW was, and that's why I want to mention that this is kind of how it started. There were a lot of old veterans, right? And this is before Paul got the book. I mean, this This is is Eddie Gilbert. This is Eddie Gilbert. And honestly, actually, if you really think about it, looking back, if you're starting a new title, you might want to actually put it on people that like people have heard of name value. Yeah, yeah, like that's all. Like it's never like they never had anything like. Snuka and Morocco ever again on their title no. history. Like, the, the closest they got was Terry Funk, but even by then, he had established himself as like a latter era hardcore wrestler. You know, right. like that's what he was. And actually, Snuka in this era, um, this 92, 93, they, they went back to the big heel Snuka, like the they demented. Did. Like, yes, for like, a while there. So, I mean, he looked like a fat asshole, but. <laughs> It, it was pretty decent, you know? It was. Uh, on a sad note, though, in the summer, fall, Savage and Liz, the longtime WWF couple, mm-hmm. you know, they had reunited um, in kayfabe at WrestleMania 7, had been together since December 30th, 1984, when they got married. Uh, unfortunately separated. They would go on to uh, divorce. And just, a you know, notable just because it kind of symbolizes the end of a Macho Man era to me. It, it's almost the end of our era. I don't even own a gun. Savage and Liz were like the consummate couple throughout the whole big boom, right? They were. It's just another little thing that goes into like 92 really is like the last hurrah for For the the golden era, for the golden era. Like by survivor series. I mean, we're headlining Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, which is great. But it just goes to show you how different everything is, has become. Absolutely right, Quinn. In August, it was the SummerSlam we thought we'd never see from Wembley, about 80,000 fans. That I, is I, a legit number, too, from what I understand. Yeah, although I never really wanted to see uh, the Warrior <laughs> versus Savage, like because they just had the best thing ever. Like, why do I, I know? Do, do, why? Well, you got to admit, you got to capitalize on the fact you have Warrior, I guess, right? Yeah, you also have to capitalize on the fact that you have Ric Flair. Oh, wait. Yeah, who did he wrestle at that, Quinn? No no one. Oh, right. Yeah. He just (laughs) sat around in a purple robe all night. (laughs) Not even a suit. It's so dumb. (laughs) Ah, This Uh, event, Joe. That's a running thread on our show, folks, since like the very beginning is that Quinn's very pissed off that Flair didn't wrestle at SummerSlam. It's so dumb. Hey, we got Ric Flair. Who cares? Like, So um, back to the WCW side where Ric Flair isn't. They transitioned, Quinn, within one year. We mentioned Pizza Man. Right, the pizza boy. Jim Hurd, the yeah. pizza man, to the slightly better Kip Allen Fry for a while in 92. Now, we saw him on something we reviewed, we right? We did. Yeah, I he think was like Saturday night. Yeah, he was like sitting with JR or something. And he's he's okay. Uh, again, not a wrestling guy. The same yep. way Hurd wasn't a wrestling guy. But then they bring in a very wrestling guy at the end of the year. Too much wrestling. <laughs> Too much wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Bill Watts. And, uh, uh, Bill Watts was, of course, the guy that, in addition to being a huge asshole and racist and bully, was also the guy that banned all the top rope moves over the top rope moves. Mm-hmm. No mats on the floor. Heels and faces must never look at each other and make eye contact. You got to stay for the whole fucking show, you asshole. Let me and say fuck something you. here. That's Bill Watts. Let me say something. Here. Go ahead. This guy, while a lot of wrestlers from the golden times, I guess... We're very happy about this. JR. Yeah, all these idiots, right? Mainly JR. You know what what will prove the next year is that, like, this shit is over. It's dead and gone because a guy named Paul Heyman will do it completely different and all these fucking idiots will stop with this bullshit. And the next WCW guy will also do it different. And that also helped. It took him two years. But the next guy that ran WCW after Watts also changed things. Yes. 
in October, though, Quinn, this is goes along with what you were saying about how 92 really is the end of the golden era. Right. The last gasp, right? The last hurrah. Bret Hart unexpectedly wins the WWF title, Saskatoon, <laughs> Saskatchewan, Canada. Uh, whoop, whoop to Scott. Whoop, Keith. whoop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi, hey, Scott. Yeah. Uh, from Ric Flair. Yeah. It's not on TV. What? <laughs> Can someone all... ex- explain this to me? I guess they didn't what? want to televise They're it. Just like, Hey, it even yeah, showed up yeah, prime time like had to, nothing. To buy the Coliseum tape or Gorilla whatever with the hat, smack him, whack him with yes. the hat and everything. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what was it like, Brad, to win the title? Yeah. Hometown of your dad, basically a home. T- yeah, hometown of my father. Who cares? That's one where Gorilla just lies the whole time. He's like, <laughs> "You never had a ladder match before." Yeah, what? <laughs> you know, I invented the ladder match. And then in November. And this will be our review. Spoiler, because you can't see the show title, obviously. Right, yeah. In November, the final Saturday Night's main event would air on Fox. And we will we'll save our opinions. We'll get into that But later. Uh, by the end of that year, Warrior gone, Bulldog gone, Mountie <laughs> gone. <laughs> Great. And um, on WCW's last note for 1992, Big Van Vader, very big van. He's, <laughs> he's big and van. He's a big vehicle. He wins the WCW title back from Ron Simmons. Shoulder breaker! Shoulder breaker! One, two, it's over! Which would kick off Vader's like reign of terror throughout 1993. And I would say, again, I mean, that just goes to show you the shifting stuff going on in WCW. Yes. Also, Big Van Vader. Big Van Vader, um, world totally champion. Totally a 90s guy. I mean, I, I from my, I, I understand that he was in the 80s a little Late bit, but 80s. I, when I think of Vader, I think of him as a 90s star. I think everyone does, yeah. yeah. So that's WCW kind of doing their thing, pretty well regarded in 92, mm-hmm. WCW was, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's I, not bad at all. I would say both promotions are very good. The problem is, is that the bottom is falling out. The big anchor stars that were there to cover their ass while mm-hmm. the rest of the guys were developing, I think the pace at which people were developing was not fast enough with them just getting leaving, you know? And by 92, the public's perception of wrestling was a little tainted by these allegations that we had mentioned. It, the, the bubble had kind of, psh, kind yeah, of burst def- a little bit, you know? I feel like the air was coming out of the bubble yes. and it was like very low. Very low, and that would reflect itself in buy rates and attendance, which were very respectable compared to the mid-90s WWF stuff. Yeah, I always find it ridiculous that, like, you know, this year, one of the most notable things in this year is that Hulk Hogan didn't fight Ric Flair, and it was because of house shows or whatever. House shows, yeah. They were comparing numbers from, like, the boom and being like, oh, it's not getting those numbers, and it's like, well, everything's declining, Vince, you idiot. The best things in the world only have a limited shelf life. Seinfeld is not still on. No, it isn't. You know, Happy Days was on for like 11 years, and finally that was too much. Mm-hmm. Everything that runs long and, and stays as a phenomenon or a pop culture you know, element or something like that, it eventually does quiet down. It might re-up eventually. Right. But it does quiet for a while. And by 92, wrestling, and Quinn, you said it perfectly, it was the last hurrah for the Golden Era that was phasing out since 1990. Yeah. It was like on a slow on downturn. downturn. Yeah. Creatively very good, but in the public's eye and feeling big, it wasn't, it didn't feel big anymore. No. And next year, we'll see, uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Mm. So that is 1992 in a nutshell. Let us know things that you remember, things that we might have missed, good things, bad things from 1992. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, it is time for a very big Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. And that is coming up right after this. Ah! 
who will win the battle to survive? It's survival of the best! Survival of the strongest! It's survival of the smartest. Don't miss the WWF Superstar Greatest Challenge in the Survivor Series Showdown. It's a head-to-head face-off where the rulers of the ring put it all on the line. Who will be the sole survivor? Be there for the showdown, the WWF Survivor Series Showdown. Only a USA ticket! Sunday night at 8, 7 central. Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin. You're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode number 92. It is Monday, July 30th, 2018. And Quinn, before we proceed, I would like to take a moment here, as I'm sure you will as well, and tell our fans about our Patreon. Yes, the uh, Patreon over at... Um patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That's right. And unlike uh, some other ones out there, this one is not highly priced. Yeah, it's not $29 (laughs) a month. And we don't do this. We're very clear about this for the money. And we don't do this to support the current show. This show is free. It is paid for. We're not trying to like keep the show alive by doing Patreon or anything no. like that. Anyway, this show is going to be here. We're not you a know. bunch of fat cats over here. We're not <laughs> the fattest of cats. No, we are not. Are we even cats? Uh, no, we're <laughs> human beings. <laughs> at, at last time I checked. So if you want to donate, we'd obviously appreciate that. That's great. You can do it at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We have three very easy tiers. For the $1 tier, right now, you can see what we look like. Yeah, you can see it live. Quinn does have his black shirt on. I do today. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of ordering some wrestling shirts oh, so yeah. I can wear it for the show. I have my Diana Perazzo shirt on. That's right. I want to order the G1 Climax shirt so I can wear that. G-Spot Climax. G-Spot, yeah. So that's $1. You get the raw video dump every single Monday. Brian Burke, the raw dump. It's you, a raw dump. You get the video footage of us. Outtakes, mistakes, awkward moments. It has it all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's, really it, good time. It, it's, it's quite something. And then if you add $1 to that, so now we're only talking 2 bucks Every other Friday, okay, so that's alternating Fridays, you get the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. That is where each week Quinn and I will do about an hour or so on one of the weird suggestions maybe from the list or something that we just haven't gotten to yet from the OBP.com suggestion list for our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Yeah, like hats, for example. Yes, hats, headwear. Yeah. Maybe that'll be coming up soon. So that's every other Friday, and that's a $2 tier, and it, of course, includes the raw dump. And now, one more buck. So if you have an extra buck, anyone? Yeah. Buck? Yep. One, one, one. One extra buck? Dealer. Three bucks, okay? Three? 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 That's right. For only $3, you get not only the raw dump, not only the Rushmore and Death Valley extra, extra, you get the 1982 currently live video reviews every other Friday, alternating with the Rushmore. That's where Quinn and I sit here and we watch and you watch along with us. 1982 WWF. It's not that good. Yeah, it's not great. But I mean, the humor that goes along with having to watch this crap is is probably the best part. I yes, would say. absolutely. So that's a that's a three dollar tier. You get all those great things. You get weekly content. You get the raw footage. It's a really good time. That's Patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you wish to donate. And I also want to mention now, before I forget, we are counting down to episode 100. Oh, really? Eight episodes to go after now this. Now, that, that's 100 years. 100 years of OVP. This is the 92nd year since we yeah, started, obviously. Exactly. And we want you to be a part of it. Well, that's right. We're opening up the floodgates here. Right. We are opening up the telephone lines. If you want to be a part of OVP 100, all you have to do 
is email us a one to two minute audio clip. You can make fun of us if you want to. Mm-hmm. You can do an impression of us, perhaps. You can say your favorite OVP moment, what you like about the show, anything you want. And there's a stipulation here. Mick Price, you better do it. Oh, I'm going to yeah. say that every single week. Howdy ho. So uh, if you want to be a part of OVP 100, you have plenty of time. Deadline will be around September 1st or so. Send in something to ovppodcast at gmail.com. Quinn, Aha. it's time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. You know what that is? Uh, what? Uh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's for each week we have put and will continue to put four of the best of something. It could be anything. Onto Mount Rushmore and for the worst, go down to the desert of Death Valley. And oh, Qu- that, that's what it is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Quinn, this was my pick. So huh? uh, this is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Big men. Big men. So that would be big fat men and big tall men, right, Quinn? Yeah, I think the biggest and the tallest (laughs) and the fattest, of course. (laughs) So let's back this up for a second here. So a big man is someone that is bigger than the regular men. Yes, he's he's the biggest of the men. So in wrestling, if most wrestlers historically are, I don't know, 5'11 to 6'3, 6'4, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe 220, 260, you know, that general range, a big man would be someone that is billed or maybe actually is, you know, 6'9, 7 foot in some cases, Uh, 300 pounds. North of the 300 pound line, as Gorilla would say. (laughs) Yeah. Way I'm on the truck stops. Yeah. That type of thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. So big men have played a part in wrestling for a very long time time and obviously uh some are very good yes some are very poor yes <laughs> some are very very poor yeah. <laughs> so quinn i did have the pick so why don't you take the big fat stick well i think the number one big man of all of the times the biggest of men would be andre the giant that's nice of you there's no way around that yep andrew himself andrew the giant himself yeah. now andre he might be known to a lot of people as just the big lumbering guy from the 80s that fought yeah, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but he wasn't always like that. No, he was actually a pretty accomplished and agile wrestler in the late 60s throughout the 70s. He was he was a wrestler. Like, he wrestled. Wow. He was also, like, one of the biggest selling attractions, period, across, like, the world. Recognizable. I mean, obviously, he uh, had acrocomalgy, so he had a very distinctive look, and that was the reason yep. for his growth and Otherwise everything. known as giantism. Giantism, that's yeah. correct. And Andre was a very big name, no pun intended, in the world of wrestling from pretty much his debut throughout time. He still is recognizable. Obey Giant, for yeah. example. I mean, he's. they just made a documentary about him on HBO, which was really good. Pretty uh, good, yeah. Uh, it really shows you what a big deal he was and why the industry had a whole thing around him. I mean, he was, he was basically, there was a model to how Andre the Giant was booked. It was... You, you know, he goes to a territory, yes. he's there for a couple weeks, beats the shit out of everyone. Never loses, yeah. right? Now, contrary to what the WWF promoted it in 1987, of course he wasn't undefeated to that point. But the point is, is that Andre the Giant was an attraction. Mm-hmm. Andre the Giant was not, you know, you go to a wrestling event, let's say 1973, mm-hmm. okay? You don't see guys like that wrestling. You don't see guys like that in public. Ever. Yeah, like, right. in, in your life. <laughs> like that's what that's the whole point of him. He's an attraction. Very much an attraction. The talk of the wrestling world. Four hundred and fourteen pounds, seven feet four. Andre the Giant. Some people dispute his height. Okay, Dave Meltzer's like, yeah, I think you're now Will Chamberlain, whatever. Right? Oh, come on. I don't care what his actual height was. He's bigger than everyone else. Just look at him. <laughs> That's, That's all, all that you matters. gotta do. Just use your fucking eyes. <laughs> like he's the biggest. Period. He doesn't lose. End of story. There's nothing else to say. 
he's the best. He's like the archetype, essentially. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess you could say like circus weird people would be like the precursor to Andre the yeah. Giant. But, but that's not even wrestling. That's just the circus. And anything that has tried to come close to duplicating Andre's success, it has always failed, sometimes on the part of the booking, sometimes on the part of the performer or a combination of both. Well, I say the the whole, the reason they never can do it right anymore is because they can't pull off the undefeated thing. Yeah, They're like they used to, and the attraction aspect of it is very hard. There's to nowhere pull off to send them when there's only one place. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I think we need not debate anyone else for number one. I'm in 100 agreement that this is number one. He is the big man of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's no way around that. He's the Hulk Hogan of big men, I guess. He's the Babe Ruth of big. Men. Yeah, Babe Ruth. <laughs> He's very Babe. So for number one, Andre the Giant. <laughs> I'm going to throw one out there for you. This is a respected name, someone that I personally really enjoy watching. He would definitely qualify as a big man mm-hmm. and a unique style for someone his size. Sure. Big Van Vader. Ah, yes. I'm a big fan of Big Van Vader. I think he's one of the all-time greats. I do, too. Vader fears no man. And the world has just seen Vader feels no pain. I love his style. I do, too. It, it To me, it's a hybrid of old school big man professional wrestling with a UFC like mixed martial arts sort of style not much kicks but I mean that, Very that hard flurry of punches that he did was way before it's time and a lot of I always liked how the crowds reacted when he would to hit the clubbing the, the, the bear clubbing like because yeah. it just looked real it looked like a real how an actual fight would happen unlike a lot of wrestling which is like a bombastic yes. wind up punch <laughs> yeah, right. it's stupid but Big Van Vader <laughs> he looks like he's just like legitimately kicking the ass of the opponent he's he's fighting and in some cases that ass was legitimately kicked you know he worked yeah. very stiff and it, it but man did it look good yeah man did he have a unique hard hitting like you know just yeah prototype UFC is a good way to put it actually yeah. just it looked real yeah, it, it really looked real. Whether it hurt or not, it probably did. But and on top of all of this, he could do a moonsault. Yep, that which is crazy. What the hell's that about? Like you know, on top, like just out by the way, like you know, I'm just gonna t- do a backflip off the top rope and beat you. And he won the IWGP title from Antonio Inoki, which very is rare indeed. The crowd rioted there at uh, I think it was Budokan Hall, Sumo Hall. Not only that. He was a WCW champion, like we mentioned. He had a great WCW career, not a great WWF one. Basically, everything prior to, like, 95, he was the best thing ever. He was really awesome. And he had moments of greatness in the uh, World Wrestling Federation, but nothing to the levels of how good he was in Japan and WCW. His 97 WWF was pretty good in the final four match and all that, like that era. And then in 98 as a face for a little while, he was pretty good. I feel like WWF mistreated him. They didn't respect what he was and how popular and how great he was. Yeah. They just said, oh, well, you didn't come from here. Well, fuck him. I don't like, think Vince ever really liked him. Yeah. Vince wanted to actually name him the Mastodon and not Vader. That's dumb. That's why it was the man they call Vader. I hate it. Why, <laughs> why is that? Just why? I don't know, because Vince is stubborn and Vince is Vince. But, man, Vader was very unique. A big guy, big Leon White, you know, also a, um, you know, a real estate agent yes. and developer. And I'm also a licensed real estate broker and I'm currently developing a it's a hundred thousand square foot shopping center he was on boy meets world a couple of times yeah i mean he had mainstream fame too he was an actor I, uh, that, listen a lot of people saw that episode i'm not kidding yeah, no, like, no, we, have, we know people that know nothing about wrestling but they, they know, know nothing vader. about vader other than <laughs> hey oh the, the fat kid's dad on uh, boy, boy meets, meets world. world yeah 
Put the Matthews boy down. Come over here and say that. Vader is definitely uh, next on my list, but I want to give you a chance to volley if you want to. I want to put out there, what about uh, The Undertaker? I he's, mean, a, he's a big man. He would count, right? He qualifies. Yeah. Oh, fuck. All right. Yeah. Well, The Undertaker definitely is a big man. And The Undertaker, forget like the last like eight years, yeah. even. If you, even if you chopped that off. It's interesting we were talking about Andre this now, Joe, right? Mm-hmm. He was booked as an attraction like that where you wouldn't see him all the time. The Undertaker is kind of the modern day version. If you think like his current, it's this He's, once a year he comes yeah, out, yeah. big entrance, yeah. beats the shit out of someone, and he leaves. And much like, like much like Latter Day Andre, he's very limited in what he can do. Right, <laughs> but I mean still... we make fun all the time. Yes, I do. Listen, to this day, there's still people who pay good money to go to WrestleMania because they get to see the Undertaker. Sorry to hear that. No, but I agree with you. You know what I mean? Like that that his drawing power still still exists. He's still a name. But let's let's also be fair to him. I will. You know I like to make fun of him. Right. But he had a stretch in starting in the like mid late nineties after the whole fucking corporation. Once once Mick Foley rejuvenated Undertaker's career. When he threw him off the cell or whatever? Not even. Like when they feuded in ninety six. That just gave Undertaker new life. Yeah. From about ninety six to two thousand eight. Yeah. Undertaker Awesome wrestler. Yeah, he was the, like, pillar of the World Wrestling Federation. No longer hampered by fighting guys like Kamala. Right. King Kong Bundy. Yeah. Giant Gonzalo. No more of that. It's weird because the, the, the initial thinking with The Undertaker when they first got him was, let's have him fight big fat people all the time and just kill them. Like, and, and in these weird. horrible matches horrible. that nobody wants to watch. Really? For real? Yeah. When he did have good matches, it was always against smaller guys because it was a whole different thing. Sean got good matches out of Undertaker. Right. Brett got good matches. Mankind, a lot of people like that. You well, know, Edge. It makes sense because the dynamic becomes can these baby faces or heels, depending on whatever the situation is, yeah. overcome right. the strength of the Undertaker, the, yeah. the, the, the phenom, if you will. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, he was so overpowering to a lot of his opponents. It's something people forget a lot. But I mean, like, I always love when he added the last ride to his uh, move set. I did too. To me, that's like a move only a guy like that could do. Yes, you know, like it's very like, convincing. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, like okay, you should lose. Like he right. just that he just freaking like power bomb, but like lifted you like into the sky. Like an elevated power bomb. Really yeah. cool move for the time. Yeah, Undertaker. None of this is predicated on the streak either. This is just the Undertaker, the worker. Awesome. Now, do you think the magic? or whatever uh, takes him down a notch. I don't. I think it's just an accepted part of the Undertaker's canon. Yeah. Magic, lightning, dying, not dying, green urn, flashlight urn. What do you think of the whole, the fact that he's like a zombie guy or whatever, like that he's like supposed to not be alive or something? I'll tell you what. When it started, if it had been pretty much anyone but Mark Calloway, it would have tanked immediately. And it'd right. be on wrestle crap. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. But Undertake uh, Mark Calloway yeah. was so good and is so good at getting into the character, making it convincing mm-hmm. that it worked. And, I have and, no negatives to say yeah, about like, it. Like personally, I we usually have problems with people who don't sell but when you're the size and the character of the Undertaker, it's fine. Nobody should ever be doing anything to you. Like yep. it should take steel chairs and stuff, right? Yeah. to beat you, or or like alternate magic. You know yeah. what I mean? In the yeah. case of yeah. Kane or something, like evil magic or or equally evil magic. I don't know. Yeah, what, I'm not what, sure. whatever, whatever. I don't know they, the formula that like, they use there. It's calculus. I don't know like I what Kane's 
deal is. It's but, like more fiery magic or yeah. something. It's red magic. <laughs> the Undertaker is like black magic. Black or dirt or something. I don't know. <laughs> dirt. Dirt magic. Earth. <laughs> so Undertaker and uh, the man they call Vader. I Shit. I think they both are going to make it. Maybe. I can't think of too many that could even knock them out. And we're talking your giants or your real big super heavyweights. We're not talking a Hogan or a Billy Graham type of guy. Mm-hmm. Not a big strong man. We're just you know what we mean by big man, folks. Yeah. If you don't let us know that you you disagree, and that's okay. It's your vantage point. But well, okay, we said the Undertaker, but um, what about Kane? I, he's a very notable. You know, he's still around. Not a point in his favor. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying he's very recognized. Like, people know who the fuck Kane is. Well, he like, was a very accomplished dentist yeah. and truck driver. <laughs> but, I mean, he was he's just part of the, the game there. I mean, is it just, are we going to say that because it's kind of the Undertaker's, like, part of his he's, wing of th- stuff? Look, like, if Vader and Taker both make it, there's no way Kane would be number four. Okay. So, based on that, like, he's not as good as the Undertaker. Definitely yeah. not. Basically, he can only be judged in line with the Undertaker. There's I, only I one person so. that goes along with him. Yeah, but I'd like to give you one that I think is a little still underrated to this day. Okay. Maybe unfairly compared to someone that we've just discussed. Bam Bam Bigelow, kind of seen as like maybe a notch below Vader. He's like a hybrid big man. He's really good, too, and he's definitely a big man. He does wrestle like one, he, I would say. And, and he, he, he could also moonsault. Well, that to me, that's what makes him a big man is the fact, and I, that might sound weird, like that he does a moonsault. The fact right. that him doing a moonsault is a big deal, it yeah. automatically qualifies him as a big man because you're like, oh, shit, he could do that. Like, right. You know what I mean? But very agile. Another yes. one like Vader. Very agile. Good style. I like I like Bam Bam. Overall, I really think he's another one that's Big really good. fan of Bam Bam Big. I like him a lot as well. I don't know if he qualified. I feel like his career was hampered by nobody really would ever push him to the top. The biggest he got was uh, fighting Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, and I never could understand that a guy that had that look that very recognizable, like if you saw him on a picture, you knew like there's something, this guy, this guy stands out, he's got tattoos on his head. I mean, like he looks imposing and I just never could understand why nobody could like truly like harness that look. I don't know. To to, to like a world title or something like ECW probably got the closest. He was great in ECW too, wasn't he? I really liked him in ECW. So I figured I'd throw Bam Bam out there. With Vader, Taker, and Bam Bam, do we have someone that we know is going on? I think Vader's going on. I think The Undertaker. Mm, I think The true. Undertaker first. It's the fucking Undertaker. Yeah, you're right, Glenn. Like, how could okay. we even, like, not say it's The Undertaker? Okay. Yeah. I'll agree with you. So, for number two, The Undertaker? Yeah. All right. What about Ray Trailer? Would he qualify? Oh, yeah, definitely. The Big Boss Man? Yeah. I love The Big Boss Man a lot another agile big man and i know he's slimmed down i know that's the thing does he count no i i don't i don't think he doesn't count is what i was gonna say yeah, yeah. correct i'm correcting myself big bubba but, was a big man yeah and you know he was always treated as big as in, and imposing even when he did slim down and i think also the, he to me he was one of the better like guys at being a heel he's so much better of, as a heel but i mean he he just seemed fucking evil like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, he, he could do it better than anyone, you know, when he dragged Big Show's coffin dad or whatever. <laughs> made Al Snow eat his dog. Made Al Snow eat his dog. But let's, what about, is he one of the better, big fat, maybe the best, big fat Hogan opponent? Big fat one, huh? 
out of that like string of people like Kamala, Killer Khan, and that whole oh, thing. Better than all those Bundy. people. Yeah. Well, like, what about King Kong Bundy? Actually, I, I, a lot of people right. remember King Kong Bundy. I'll resist my knee jerk reaction. Yeah. yeah, folks, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't see it. Okay. I just don't see. I'm not trying to be contrary. I promise you. He's I re- a walking condominium. <laughs> He's got that going for him. I just don't see it. For some reason, he just doesn't do it for me. Is it because he's like very pale and like is bald yeah. and looks like a pimple? I think it's like, just it's, it's like his it look. looks like Ziggy yeah. from the comic. <laughs> he's just not threatening to me. I don't. I'm sorry. Okay. Maybe I'm just not watching the right thing. I don't know. But he just doesn't. Bam, bam. Better than Bundy. I agree. Vader better than Bundy. It's Boss that Bundy man. doesn't have much of a character. He's just like oh, I got to five. Yeah. Okay, this is a guy that we keep, we haven't mentioned yet. Okay. The big show, Paul White, the giant, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Good one. He, to me, he's the only natural successor to Andre. Well, he's his son, Quinn. Yeah, well, he is his son. Listen, can they, like, acknowledge that that was said? Like, why is that never talked about? <laughs> they retconned the shit they out of that don't early. Don't fucking talk about it. I... I hate that because to me that was cool as hell. Like it's like whoa, it's, <laughs> it's Andre gimmick. the Giant's son. It's this a good is gimmick. awesome. Like and he uh, seemed like he could be. I'll give them credit, WCW here. As hokey as it could sound, Andre was born in forty six, big yeah. show in seventy, so like the timing line. The timeline up, makes sense. They're the same size. Right. And Big Show, Paul White, did have acrochromalgia earlier on. He got it corrected. That's true. And he also wore the singlet thing. <laughs> yes! Everything about him looks like Andre the Giant. Like, can we just say he's Andre the Giant's son? He's his son. His own son. Yeah. Now, okay. Big Show's career was hampered not by his own ability. No. But by the way they booked him. Right. Plain I, and simple. Here's the thing about the Big Show that I must say. He's actually a really good wrestler. Yeah. When they when they let him be, he like, is. He's really good. Um, the problem with the Big Show is that they have him lose like all the time, and like if you're supposed to be the biggest guy, the Big Show should never ever lose a match ever unless like literally like the most virtuous of baby faces like figures out a way to beat him. You know what? That's true. The way they debuted him in WWF was great because people knew he was incoming, and he comes from under the ring throws Austin through the cage at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and it's clear it's going to be an Austin Big Show feud. King! That's King! That's Paul White! Yes! That's Paul White! Your dad, Vince Russo, yeah, books them to fight each other immediately. That's stupid. And they ruined Paul White for anything he ever did, like after his debut, including giving him a very bad name, Big yes, Show. Big Show is a bad name. It's I agree. really bad. The Giant is a perfect name. I know. Like, it's not like WCW had that trademark. You can't trademark a like a noun or an yeah, adjective. Yeah. Look at the adjective. Here's the thing is that here's this Giant, right? And you're immediately going to pit him against basically the Hulk Hogan. Which, immediately. Which, like immediately, which is stupid because the Hulk Hogan has to beat him. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, So it's like, okay, like so Austin's just going to win. Like, wh- why? They could Have him fight all these people. Just, just demolish... Have him beat The Undertaker. And I don't want to hear that Russo did this because of the Monday Night Wars. It was 99. WCW sucked. Yeah. They were, like, doubling WCW's ratings. The first thing I do is have him beat the shit out of The Undertaker. I'm not kidding. Like Fine. And then Kane. And Kane. And Mankind. And everyone Everyone, that was reputable that could afford to lose. Everyone that was known to either be big or could take a licking and keep on ticking. Like Mankind. 
But no, have him fight Austin. Lose immediately. And then he's ne- now he's getting his leg peed on by William Regal and, and he's, shit. Like, he's in a union. He's crying. He's yeah, in a diaper. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're fast forwarding yes. very rapidly here, but that's basically that's his career. hardcore matches. He's like, ECW champion. Yeah. <laughs> None of this matters. Yeah. Sometimes he, he has hair. Sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> he's a damn good wrestler. Yeah. He's a very fun personality. I like him. Like on yeah. the mic, he's good. He's kind of, a, in a weird way, a five-tool player. Okay, he's let's got, hear it. Let's hear it. He's got the promo work. One. He does. He's athletic. Two. He's got the athletic ability. His yeah. body is perfect. Three. Like mm. for like I you know what I mean though? Like it, he's not he's not a fat giant. Like he's no, like a, for a, the most part he's, he's a, not a fit giant. He was he got chunky for a while. A little bit, but he if for the most part he's overall. not he doesn't have a, a stomach out, gut, you know? Like diaper guy from eighty two. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got the psychology down. Four. I really do. I do. Yes. I, I, I don't know. Like I think he just he's got it all and I just never understood why they they completely mishandled him. I almost want to make him number three. He's very good. Yeah. He really is. Now the reason I don't like him the last five years is simply because I feel like he shouldn't be there anymore. Well, what's interesting but, about him, I, I a little bit of a defense to him because I don't think he's as bad as Kane is. Oh my god, he's so he's always been they, better than Kane. Well, to be maybe fair not always, to but. Paul White and the managing of Paul White in the last couple of years, <laughs> listen, he's mostly Joe. Though, he, yeah, I'm seriously, listening. he's mostly an ambassador for the company. Mm-hmm. He's a Babe we, Ruth, right? He's a Babe Ruth, which. Makes sense because all this guy has to do is walk in a fucking room and you're like, oh, okay. Like, you he's know what jovial. I mean? jovial. Yeah, he's jovial. He's good with kids and stuff. Yep. So, like, you do that and, like, literally put him in the fucking Royal Rumble and, like, one match a year. That's, like, all you ever have to yeah. do with this guy. Remember also when he proudly won the Andre Battle Royal and did the pose? Yes. It was kind of happy. It was good. <laughs> Can we make him number three? Sure. And then we'll, yeah. we'll fight it out with whoever comes okay. up and whoever's there for number okay. four. I think you're right. Big Show is not a product of his own um, ability or lack thereof, it's the booking. He yeah. would have been a much bigger deal, no pun intended, if they would have booked him. Or right. WCW had survived or not like lost him. Because WCW really, believe it or not, knew how to book this guy. They booked him a lot better than WWF did, but he wanted to leave. Yeah. So, I don't blame him. Yeah. Honestly, he got off that sinking ship. He got it off at the right time, but he, he did. But he stepped onto a ship that didn't know what the fuck to do with him. Vince Russo, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, for number three, Big Show. Sure. Alright, Big Show. Is there merit for Kevin Nash? Um, or does he not stack up to some of these guys? I don't think he stacks up to these guys, to be honest with you. It's just, it's a shame, but... Um, he's maybe the most charismatic out of everyone charismatic, else. yeah. And, you know, when he could go, he could really go in the he ring. He could, when he like, really... W- he's the smartest wrestler, because he really only tried when he knew he needed to, and he made a lot of money doing very little. He's the real cerebral assassin here. Well, you know, I always, you know, part of me wants to think that a lot of that had to do is once his legs started going, which was early in his career. (laughs) Going in all different directions. He got smart and realized, I ain't going to fucking do all this shit Mm. and like risk my longevity. Right. Like, like, why? Because I'm a giant. I can't like physically like be flipping and flopping all over the place. Like, (laughs) let me just wrestle when I got to have good matches when I need to and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And he did have good matches when he wanted to, and it yeah. was usually with like guys like Sean or Razor or um, Bret Hart. Yeah. But is there merit for Bruiser Brody? He was a big yeah. man, and he's one of the best ones. And Stan Hansen. See, the thing with Brody that I, uh, unfortunately, and I, 
I do want to um, correct this because I did find recently on the Squared Circle Reddit, they have a wiki page that's like the best of Bruiser Brody. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about Bruiser Brody. No, I, know, I know. He wrestled in the indies in like the 80s where yeah. like that's like He was weird. all over the like, place. Puerto right. Rico, Japan, like you name it. He was everywhere. He never came to the WWF. No, never. So he never was even in, was he even in the Crockett's? I don't even think he was there. I don't know. He was in world class. And he right. died before... Probably like I assume what that guy would have done is once he couldn't do what he wanted to do anymore physically, he would have cashed out and went to a big promotion just to end his career because he was already older. Basically, get the payday, yeah. uh, wrestle easier, right? You know, an easier schedule and just get the fuck out. I like, can see that. Yeah, you know. Okay, well, you know what? If we don't know enough about Brody, then honorable mention to Brody. Maybe if there's ever a Rushmore revisited big man, right? Right. Maybe Brody. I think it's Vader Quinn. You think it's Vader? Huh? I really do because out of Vader, Bam Bam, and Boss Man, as much as I like Bam Bam and Boss Man, I mm-hmm. really do like them both. I think Vader's the best of the three overall. The best. I do. I do think so. Um, I don't think anyone can beat Vader out of this. What about list. Mark Henry? We didn't mention him. I love Mark Henry. I love his longevity. I love his. I love his look. I love his look. I love his personality. Like yeah. in, in real life, like I just and in, in wrestling, and in there's wrestling. something lovable magnetic, like, magnetic about, yeah. yeah there's something magnetic about him an underrated that, charisma it yeah like and it's one of those weird things you didn't recognize at the time right and and you look back at mark henry matches and they surprisingly hold up well he's good like yeah. he is one of those guys that everyone missed while yes. it was happening and yes. they didn't know what they were missing it's a damn shame really now, does Scott Hall uh, qualify no, as a big man? He doesn't. He doesn't wrestle okay. the style. You're right. He wrestles like a normal wrestler. Yeah, he wrestles like a Sean or Brett or something. Pretty much. I think it's Vader Quinn. I, I think, really do. I think it's Vader also. I can't think of anyone that's overall better than Vader. I mean, Bam Bam is like a centimeter away. Yeah. From Vader and Boss Man is right there too. Yeah. And Nash. Nash isn't really that good. He's just wise. <laughs> like, he's not that good. Nash is the smartest big man <laughs> yes, in the business. Right. He's the smartest one. Yeah. But he's not really that good. He's char- no. He's definitely the most charismatic. Right. Entertaining, funny. Like, he's really good at that. But And great look. Yeah. But he's not good. He's really not that good. I don't even want to say he's not good. Right, he's just, well, he's just not active enough. Yeah, it's true. And to me, it's like it's just a matter of he held himself back. Right. Like, right. He just didn't. He's like, well, you know, I'm not hey, doing it. Yeah, stayed yeah. faithful to his wife, stayed in the business for a really long time, made a lot of money. He's yep. he's wise. I, you know, seriously, even, I will say I, you know, as much as Kevin Nash got a lot of shit for being the booker in 99 or whatever. Yeah. The guy did go out of his way to put over a lot of talent in TNA of all places. Yes, he did. When he was like where 800 people see it. Right, but I mean, it's a place to train people, and he was willing to help. It's embarrassing. Like, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Cable TV, you're a place to train people. Yeah. But Vader, number four, Quinn? Yeah. Sure. I think so, Definitely. right? I mean, Vader. we both love Vader. He's great. It's not just because he died recently. We, oh, we've you know, always we forgot the honorable mention, the Wine City Whaler. Oh, Brian! Brian Malonis. You know, today, Quinn, after they listen to this show... We're going to be with Brian Malonis today. Oh, is that today? How are we doing it? Where's the plane? We got we... to fly up to freaking New Hampshire or wherever he lives. The and... veteran of the New England Yeah, Matt we got to go check out those New England Matt Wars. So for all those Matt Wars, yeah. I think Brian's like, you know, he's he's not Rushmore, but he's close. He's close. And yeah. uh, maybe we'll get some New England clam chowder while we're right. up there, too. If he does an excellent podcast with us, Joe, we might have to reconsider. We might have to re-record this. And put him in. And put yeah, him in. Right. Because yeah. then it's like, he's got a dynamic that right. most big men don't have, and that's great podcast. 
That's <laughs> true. Well, Conrad, he's a big man. <laughs> All right, Quinn. So, uh, but yeah, check us out on WPAN, which more info forthcoming, but we're on that later today. So after you listen to this, listen to WPAN, you'll hear me and Quinn yet again. Quinn for number four, Vader. Yeah. Vader, the man that they call Vader. <laughs> Well, to recap for Donnie, who is not a big man, we have the Mount Rushmore of Andre the Giant, The Undertaker, Big Show, and Vader. I think that's a solid, like... a stellar Mount Rushmore. Very, very stellar. Quinn, you got to start with one of the best, but I'm going to start with one of the worst. Make no bones about it. Giant Gonzalez. Yeah. um, Jorge Gonzalez is a favorite of the Death Valley anytime there's an opportunity. (laughs) Now, I feel bad for the guy in the sense that (laughs) he was not a wrestler. He was a failed basketball player for the Atlanta Hawks. And a television star on something. On Paywatch. John Gonzalez was uh, first made his name, if that's a good thing, in professional wrestling in WCW as El Gigante, which is Spanish for the Gigante. And uh, uh, Giant? <laughs> yes, the, the Giant. Gi- yes, I was kidding. Well, that means he's, is he related to Paul White in any way? He's his cousin. He's from his Argentina. Cousin. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he was a bad wrestler. He had bad attire. He had like basketball shorts and like a tank top sometimes. <laughs> now, did he? Okay. He sucked. You want to you hear something really weird? Yeah. This is a, a, a side Quinn story here. I like those. You know how he wore the basketball shorts and like tie dye and all that? Yeah, For some reason shorts. in my head, I have this vision that he also wore rollerblades. And I just wish that that had happened. I wish it did too, because Giant Gonzalez on roll on rollerblades would <laughs> it be a great. It sounds like amazing. Yeah, it does. Like rollerblading to the ring. Like, it sounds a lot better than the way he wrestled Quinn. Well, I think they could have just done that. Have him just like do what Great Collie did with the Ugh, yeah, and then like that's what she should have done. Giant Gonzalez sold like he had bugs in his face. <laughs> like, oh, stay away from me. <laughs> he could not do anything that was even resembling a good wrestler. Like he couldn't. <laughs> imitate a good wrestler he was a lumbering not even physically imposing just a tall man from argentina he existed and he sucked and i'm sorry because (laughs) i feel bad that he's not with us anymore i feel bad that he had to do this for a living for a while but he's really awful at it well you know, it's 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 telling that the only time they could ever have him beat someone of worth, he had to use chloroform. <laughs> and he like, didn't even win. He didn't even win. He lost by DQ. When I find you, I will bury you. <laughs> so, he sucks. But you know who sucks probably more? More. Giant Silva. Oh, God. Paulo Silva, Paulo the one and only. Paulo Silva, again, the other guy who's like the anchor of Death Valley generally. <laughs> yes. Like, if there's if there's something vague that, like, could include him in it, he's in it. Because he's just <laughs> the worst thing I have ever seen. Ever. Like, worse. Somehow, Giant Gonzalez, like, beats him. <laughs> no, no. Paulo Silva, folks. If you don't know who that is, it's okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I envy you if you don't know who Paulo Silva is. He was in the main WWF. I'm sure he was in developmental for like three years. But <laughs> they he was, tried. They tried. He was in the main WWF for like six months, maybe. <laughs> As part of the oddities, he was the guy that wore the parachute 
pants and right. the tie dye. As I as I've said in another episode, they found him on the street. They said, "Hey, you want to be a wrestler?" He's like, "All oh, car," and that, that's like they just put him in the ring. Like he is absolutely awful. He Generally, is. he would just stand there in his swish, swishy pants or whatever. Like in the corner and like get in for a second. He what sucks. was this? I don't know. Why, Why did they he not have gear? <laughs> so you're upset about the gear? He had swishy pants, Joe. And he sucked. Well, you know, speaking of terrible, Paulo Silva. <laughs> you okay there? You <laughs> yeah, have I'm your okay. Coke over. Yeah. Paulo Silva and John Gonzalez are very, very bad. So I want to see, Quinn, who's going to get in first? So you think Paulo Silva is worse? Yes. Why is that? Because. He wasn't even capable of wrestling. Like, <laughs> at least Giant Gonzalez like did things. He had a WrestleMania match. He had a he had a match. Also, he existed in WCW for a bit, so he had to get by on his own there. He also, fought Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay, okay. I, I gotta give him some props there. Silva was hanging out with Golga. Yeah. Which, by the way, John Tenta, we forgot. Honorable mention to John Tenta. One I don't of think my, he would have made it. But. He wouldn't have made it, but one of my favorite big men. Yes, he's very good. He he really is good. He drew a lot of money, too. He spent a lot of money. Unlike, yeah. unlike Jeff Jarrett, who never drew a dime. <laughs> and, um, you know, John, John Tenta's biggest black mark against him is that he was a shark. And he was Golga. <laughs> he was and Golga. he Cartman and everything. <laughs> hanging out with Silva. You know what, Quinn? Based on uh, that criteria, though, I think Silva is worse. You're right. Yeah, Paulo Silva's got to be the worst. He's one of the worst wrestlers. wrestlers. He's the worst thing ever. <laughs> okay. He sucks, and I don't like him. For number one, Paulo Silva. Die, die, die. But is Gonzalez number two? Maybe. He's definitely there, there, odd number so, two. Yeah, he is. A no- yeah, he's number two. All right. Um, but what about uh, the great Kali? <laughs> now, I like Kali, but... That guy's all chin, we man. We need to be very honest with ourselves. Another terrible wrestler. Yeah. He did have notable feud. He was the world champion, wasn't he? He was the world champion. Why? And he he had a match made after him, too, that they still sometimes do. Yeah, that he wasn't in. Did you know that? Wait, he wasn't? He wasn't in the the Bombay Shuffle uh, Arena match. What was it called? Send your cards and letters to Michael Quinn. What was the name of it? He Uh, was in, not in, the Punjabi prison. Punjabi prison. Also known as a mock bamboo hell in the cell that no one could see what was going on (laughs) in the ring. Yes, that's my favorite part about it. What happened is he had like uh, kidney stones or appendicitis or something. Wait, was Heidenreich in it or something like that? His foot hurt. No, Big Show. Oh, okay. Replaced him. And uh, it stunk. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first ever Punjabi prison match. Why? <laughs> now, the only time I've ever liked Kali, maybe two times, the kiss cam. Yes. Kali kiss cam because, ah, I kiss her. Yeah. And the time where Quinn and I went to MSG, December 26, 2013. <laughs> he shuffled his ass out there. Was it Brad Maddox that he beat up? Who did oh, he beat I up? I don't even, I cannot I tell remember. you who he beat up. It was but at the Madison Square Garden Christmas show. I know that. It was one of those gimmicks where the heel comes out, the local heel comes out yeah. and is like, I challenge anyone to beat me. And, it's and also like, the like, you all stink. Yeah. Or like something and like that. And the Yankees stink and the yeah. Knicks stink, which was true in 2013. Yeah. And uh, and it was like, and the hinda hinda hey, and yeah. the hinda hinda yeah, ho. And he comes out and he just gives them the, the, the whack the or whatever. Chop. The chop. And then he leaves and he's like, he dances his way out. He's awesome. But he sucks, right? He's really bad at wrestling and he's got a third nipple. <laughs> and he killed a man. And he did kill a man, but that was an accident. <laughs> Wasn't he also a cop, unlike the big boss man? He was a cop. He actually was a cop in Bombay. In India, wherever yeah, he's from I think in India. It, or Punjabi? Uh, is he from there? New Delhi? No, Punjab is a language that I speak. I don't know, but he's from India. You ever get a sandwich from New Delhi? Yeah, maybe. So I think that between Kali and Gonzalez, 
I loathe myself for having to say this, but I think uh, Kali is better than Giant Gonzalez, right? He's got a little personality to him. He does. And, you know, that makes up for a lot of things, but I just needed to bring him up because his wrestling ability is poor. He might still make it. He might. He He might might make it, right? But Gonzalez is number two, right? If Paulo Silva is the gold standard, Mm -hmm. then then John Gonzalez takes the silver medal. Yes. All right. Well, okay, wait. Oh, shit. There's Wait, there's more. Hold the phone here. Who could be worse? Come on. You're talking about giants, but we didn't talk about big fat people that are terrible Oh, true. We didn't. You're right. What about uh, Mabel? Okay. Well, yeah, I listen. He stinks. I like the Viscera character for whatever reason. Why? Because it's the garbage bag version or the pajamas version? <laughs> it is both. It Ugh. is so goofy to like the point of ridiculousness. <laughs> like the fact that he also went from the garbage bag version to knocking Lillian off the thing <laughs> and then by no, accident. Charlie Haas did. Or yeah. Charlie Haas did and then Mabel like liked her or something. Yeah, and, and he helped no, her. he helped her up. He helped her. Because he was like fighting him or yes. something. And he got knocked out of the ring and he's like, hey, get up or whatever and he helped her. But like He's a good man. He's a good man. Nelson Frazier. But he's a terrible wrestler. He hurt people. He hurt people. Well, that the hurting Diesel or whatever the fuck is what was the final straw, and he was never a thing again after that. Undertaker. Diesel first and then Undertaker. Yes. He, he legit hurt the Undertaker. But I don't think Mabel comes close to the level of awfulness that is Jorge Gonzalez or Great Kali. So I think Giant Gonzalez is a formality, Quinn. Come well, on. No one's worse than Giant... Who? The Yeti? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well... <laughs> You uh, you show a uh, a giant Gonzalez and I raise you a Yeti. That'd be uh, Ron Reese, folks, <laughs> who you might know as the Yeti from Halloween Havoc 95. Right. You might know him as Super Giant Ninja from whenever the fuck. <laughs> that was like two matches. You might know him as Reese from the flock. Yes. The worst person in the flock. Worse than Sick Boy, who is not Kidman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is a very good thing to clarify right. because it is very confusing. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> the Yeti, Joe. The Yeti. Another guy that like, why is this? Why is he a wrestler? You know yeah. what I mean? What what reason does he have for being a wrestler? Yeah, he's big. Well, you got the Yeti, right? But you know his other core cohorts, the uh, the Ultimate Solution slash Giant Haystacks. Fuck that guy. Yeah. The British version of Haystacks. <laughs> British Calhoun. alternate version. <sighs> big Daddy. You got that shit? Was Big Daddy actually big, though? Oh, he's a big big boy. (laughs) Richard Lang can tell us. He's definitely big, and anything I've seen of him is the worst shit ever. (laughs) And it sounds like he was, like, a horrible politicker. Like, he, like, controlled, like, all of English wrestling or something. He's like the English Vern Gagne. I gotta be champion until I'm 60. And he's 800 pounds or something. No, he's not that big. Fucking sucks. You're thinking of Happy Humphrey, but (laughs) at any rate... Don't worry. Who the hell is that? It's, just look it up on your own time. But <laughs> he was Happy the fat, fattest wrestler ever. But not at any rate, Giant Gonzalez is still number two. Really? Over the Yeti? Mm. Over the Yeti? Because Giant Gonzalez feuded with Ric Flair. Giant Gonzalez was like actually at least tried. Hang on. Yes, the Yeti. Wait, what was the what? Uh, I got what, confused. No, what you're right. It in your brain. I was going to try to do the disappointment factor, but then I'm naming these things, and I'm like, well, at least he did those things. Yeah, and at least he didn't hug someone and, like, try to hump them or whatever, like the Yeti. And he was named the wrong thing. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was mummy, not a Yeti. He was dressed up like a mommy. The Yeti is taller than a giant! Look at the size of the Yeti! <laughs> now, is he the Yeti or the Yeti? Like, if, what is his name? If you're Tony Schiavone, yeah. then he's the Yeti. Yes. If you're a normal English-speaking human being, he's the Yeti. 
He's the Yeti. Correct. But if you have eyes, he's a mummy. Yes. And if you are breathing, he sucks. So let's induct him as the Yeti slash Yeti slash mummy. How about that? You want to do all that's that? His, that's his formal name. Okay. For number two, the Yeti slash Yeti slash the mummy. Die, die, die. Good. There we go. I like that we just added the mummy. It was never his name He's ever. Super giant ninja. John Gonzalez is number three, Quinn. There's no debate. Uh, I agree. Stop trying yeah, to get out of this. No, I just, I meant that the Yeti was like. You're defending this like Starcade 97. He is like far and above worse than Giant Gonzalez. You're correct. Like, you there's no way correct. around that. Because at least Gonzalez did the aforementioned things. However, Giant Gonzalez was horrible at everything he ever yeah. did. Yeah. For number three. Giant Gonzalez. Die, die, die. All right, we got Kali, Mabel, and Big Daddy. Uh, but there, there's got to be more. Now, I don't think he'll make it, but I want to mention, whereas John Tenta, very good. Mm-hmm. Fred Ottman, very bad. <laughs> yeah, he's poor. The Shockmaster. Very bad I mean, in general. Holy shit. Bad. Like, that guy fucked up every single opportunity given, and he was given a lot just because he was like Dusty Rhodes' son or whatever. I don't remember. What was it? What was this relation? Nephew. Nephew. Cousin. I don't yeah. know. Dad is that Uncle Fred? Yeah. Yeah. Fred Ottman sucked. Yeah. He was like good enough, though, I think, to not make it. But he's pretty I, I bad. I mean, the Shockmaster kind of cemented <laughs> what, what his career would be. When mistakes did, happen. Did he ever do anything after that? He was a super Shockmaster and he was a heel. Did he ever come back to WWF? In 2001 for the gimmick battle uh, royal. Because I, I thought he oh came, in ninety four I can't, yeah I thought I saw him on uh, some raw Sunday Night Slam wait wasn't he also on that raw where the where what's his head was acting like Vince the whole time he's like <laughs> like he that. was but that was before the Shockmaster oh it was right Rob before. Bartley it was you very, mean? yeah it was very With close the, are you talking about the stop incident <laughs> yes the stop incident you want to hear John? it yeah sure okay unaware Papa Shaka pulling him from behind always pulling him the ring is going flip flipping over Stop! Yes, yes, that incident. <laughs> oh, that's I thought me. it was the same raw. No, but anyway, I don't think Ottman is worse than anyone we've mentioned. But I don't think Fred Ottman is good at all. Okay, so we're elevating Ottman above like Mabel, Haystacks, and all them. Yeah, and Kali. Okay, Kali might be number four. I'm trying to think who's worse. Uh, does, I, does I Brockus count as a big man or just a strong <laughs> man? No, it's a strong. It's you got to be a certain height. Crush. Crush is he a big man He's or not. no? You're I, gonna you're gonna I give him a pass. I can't Hercules. Not even no, because none of those guys to me like count. They're not the same. Uncle Elmer, fuck. Oh man, he's shit. He might bake it. Wait, what other um hillbillies were there that were hillbilly? Shitty? Jim was good. What about the what cousin cousin Luke? Luke and cousin Junior? But they were smaller. Okay, I don't because I don't remember much about them. I you just don't remember need to. The wedding with none Uncle of it matters. It's all shitty. Yeah. It's all real. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Elmer is horrible. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I can't even like condone Uncle Elmer's like existence ever. Who did he like know or something? Like why was he there? <laughs> Probably Toots Mont. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Was he like a hundred in yeah. eighty five? Like was, how was, old was he? Fifty something. Was he re- so he was really getting married too, right? That was like real. Yeah, they had to or something like that because Wait, why? the New the New Jersey State Athletic Commission wouldn't allow a fake wedding. But they were already like engaged or something. Yeah, they right? were really gonna get married or something. Or they why had, did the Athletic Commission give a shit? Because wrestling's real back then. One day we got to have the Mount Rushmore Death Valley of like Athletic Commission rulings or what? something. Have that on the. Are there even eight of them? There might be. <laughs> Uncle Elmer. Uncle Elmer is a fat man. He is a fat <laughs> man. He can't right. wrestle very well. I'm trying to think. Are there any? What about Bastion Booger? Is he worse than Uncle Elmer? I think Uncle no. Elmer is like taking the cake right now. 
He's eating the cake. He's eating the cake, yeah. Having his cake and but eating like, it, But, like, okay, too. so, like, the guy I just said. Bastion Booger. Yeah. Mike Shaw. I think that he was okay earlier in his career. Okay. Right? Yeah, Wasn't yeah, he in yeah, Stampede? I, so. I think he was good. What about PN News? The rapper he guy. He sucks. Yeah. But I don't know. He's... We're canceling... It's the problem him. is Uncle Elmer. The he, problem is Uncle Elmer in a ex- lot of ways. He yeah. exists, and it's really hard to get around him, quite literally. Can we- <laughs> He has his own zip code. Yeah. Can we get Big Daddy and Mabel out of here and leave it between Kali and Uncle Elmer for now? I think we could get those two out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But however, is Kamala one of the worst or do you think like he's still better than these two? I think I think he's better than he's, Uncle Elmer. That's uh, and again, Uncle Elmer. And he's better than Kali. Yeah. Kamala. Listen, I think Kali's better than Uncle Elmer. What? I, I would have to say Uncle Elmer is worse than Great Kali. <sighs> you may be right. I, I may be crazy. But I just might be the lunatic you're, you're looking, looking for. for. Yeah, is that from Glassstone? Glasshouses? I don't know. It's from the '90s. No, it's from the '80s. Is it 1980? Oh, Glasshouses. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, what did you think it was? Well, because I thought it was from the '90s because there's a sitcom that it was the theme for. What sitcom? I don't remember. Dave's World or something like that. Is it? Yeah, it might be. All right. Uh, Uncle Elmer or Kali. Is there anyone? I think we're on to something here, though. Yeah, I think Uncle Elmer is like holding strong. What about adorable Adrian? No, I know you you like that's Adrian a gimmick, Adonis, though, but, but like that. It, oh God, he was so terrible. Adrian Adonis bumped like a, a maniac, yeah. even when he was big fat guy. He's fine. Just, I'm I just, okay with I'm him. just rem- having no. horrible flashbacks no. of that TNT. He's good. Okay, <laughs> don't ever be smarch Adrian Adonis <laughs> on this show ever again. Well, he's a fantastic wrestler, Keith Frank. Was a great wrestler. Hey, I love him, but I just, you know, sometimes I have to bring up the fact that sometimes he was a little bad. I wish we can count Jesse Ventura, but we can't. He's bad. <laughs> he would be one of the worst. Oh, my Tony God. Atlas, again, strong man, not big man. Yeah, it's not the same. It's Uncle Elmer, then. You're right, because at least Kali had accomplishments. Yeah. At least Kali knows his place. At least Kali could be properly used for comic relief. Oh, no, Quinn's putting up a finger. Who do you have? Zeus. Well, did yeah. Zeus do exactly what Zeus should have done? That's true, but he was terrible. But didn't he do what he should have done? Is he considered a big man? First of all, we need to qualify the qualifier. I I feel like uh, he was he was I don't interpreted know. like in the way that the Undertaker is a big man. Like he was like that. It's like kind a precursor of, to the Undertaker. Yeah, right? like this like invincible monster man. Even so, Uncle Elmer. Okay. Yeah. I no. I agree. I I don't think he. But I think he just had like three matches. Yeah. No. I I you know I agree. But it's just uh, oof, no, Uncle oof. Elmer. I can't really argue against Uncle Elmer. I don't want to. I yeah. think he. I think he's the man. Okay, the man with the plan, Uncle Elmer. The man, the, pl- the with the plan, Stan Fraser, Uncle Elmer for number four. Die, die, die! Well, hell to recap for Donnie. Her Death Valley of Big Man, Paulo Silva, <laughs> John, <laughs> uh, the Yeti, yep. Giant Gonzalez, and Uncle Elmer. Folks, let us know your Mount Rushmore Net Valley. You can do that by tweeting at us at OVP Podcast. You can email us ovppodcast at gmail.com or simply join the Facebook group and let us know. But Quinn, when we come back, an institution is about to have its final episode for about 14 years or so. And I got to tell you, not so good. (laughs) And we'll be uh, telling you why right after this. Tonight, go on tour with one of rock's most legendary groups, Genesis. As Fox presents Genesis, the way we walk. 
Get ready for exclusive backstage interviews. We're going down now. We're going down. Behind the scene looks at their hottest videos and live performances of their biggest hits. She's in the Genesis, the way we walk. A special presentation late night tonight. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 92. And Quinn, before we review something, I just wanted to mention a few friends of the show. Yes, we have friends. We have them. We do have friends. I heard we do. (laughs) If you want to check out a few podcasts, you can check out the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, which Quinn and I will actually be on today. Yes, we're, we're today. Going, we're going up there to record with Brian Malonis. we got to get on the, the flight, the, yeah, the train. shuttle. Yeah, the train. Are we going to take the train this Taking time? Taking an Uber, aren't Game we? Amtrak, <laughs> uh, maybe. And uh, WPAN normally is hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the business. One of them is an independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus, and that is Mean Mike Crockett, who just had a kid, like we mentioned. He is joined each and every week by the veteran of the New England Matt Wars, Ring of Honor's own, Brian Malonis. Wine City Whaler himself. A very big man. He, he, you know, he almost made Rushmore. He almost this did. Week. And they talked about a bunch of stuff. They talked about a little current product, a little bit about their reflections as fans, but also as guys that work in the business. Sometimes you'll have an interview. Sometimes they'll just get into the nitty or the gritty. Both. There's the, nitty and gritty. Of the wrestling industry. Yeah. It's a great show. So check it out after us every Monday. Not just this one, because we're on it. It's WPAN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Also check out on Thursdays. So it's only a few days from now. It's coming out. Another one. Quinn and I both look forward to this show, and it's a wonderful one-man show. One man, Quinn. one man. What a what a thing. What a what a concept. Yeah. It is Petey Winston, Quinn. Big Petey. No, <laughs> Big he's Petey, little actually. Our little baby brother. The baby brother of this show. The uh, brother show of OVP Podcast. Petey Winston takes you in a weird, eccentric journey through his mind, through the lens of a retro wrestling show. I don't know how he does it. I, does he put a plug in his might, ear yeah. or something, and then the, 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 it comes out? The, 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 the memories. <laughs> Leave the memories alone. Well, well, he doesn't. But Petey doesn't, because yeah. each week what he does is he'll take an episode of some random shit in the mm-hmm. world of retro wrestling, right. and he'll use that as kind of his canvas, if you will. He's yeah. the Bob Ross, okay, yeah. of wrestling podcasts. And he paints you a picture. He'll paint you a picture of his memories, his opinions, his analysis, his insight, and his college days, perhaps, or his roommates, or his cat. It's a wonderful time or the goings and comings of the boston bruins yes. or um, the baltimore orioles yes because he's obviously a fan weird. of them it is but check out on thursdays greetings from allentown gf allentown you can also find it quinn on the proud wrestling only feed yeah that of place to be nation.com and another show the southern fried version of ovp quinn i can hear it sizzling now <laughs> It is a secret recipe that only Mike Mills has, and it is called Book in the Territory with Mike Mills. They delve into the NWA and some Smoky Mountains, some stuff that is south of the Mason-Dixon line, Quinn. They should call it the Kentucky Fried Wrestling Podcast. They actually should. I think that's the thing. KFWP. Really that, catchy, Quinn. It just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> rolls right off the tongue there. So check out those three friends of the show. That is the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing G.F. Allentown and Book in the Territory with Mike Mills. But, Quinn, we are reviewing something, and it's from 1992. Wow. I might have to get, actually, now that you talk about KFC, I might have to get KFC after this podcast. What are you going to get? The hot? Maybe the hot chicken. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Oh, man. So, Quinn, 
Saturday Night's Main Event ended its NBC run in April of 1991, like right. we mentioned, right? For some reason or other, Fox decided to sign them to some kind of deal. Yeah, something. <laughs> I, two episodes? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, that's all that exists. Or was Fox like, they saw this one, they're like, fuck this, no yeah. more. Maybe. Maybe they gave him like a provisional deal where it was like, okay, you have to impress us. And they were like, this sucks. <laughs> Although the Sid one's not bad. The first one in February, pretty good. This, now, this one's just whatever. It's very whatever. It's very indicative of times to come. This is Saturday Night's main event, folks, on Fox, which means it's one hour, not an hour and a half. It means it has a shitty logo. Yeah. And it means it has a shitty theme. Yeah, it's like, or whatever that fucking thing yeah. is. Like, it's so bad. So everything about it is inferior to the NBC oh, version. Oh, it's shit. It really is. This aired on November 14th, 92, but it was actually taped on October 27th, 1992, so a few weeks earlier. And it's from Terre Haute, Indiana, which is not... Where is that? Not necessarily a hotbed of wrestling. It's on the western part of Indiana. Is that near where Seth Rollins is from or whatever? He's from uh, Iowa, actually. Isn't that near there? I don't know. Probably, yes. Like it probably that. is, yeah. Quinn. So this is not a boom period anymore. For <laughs> Hell, no, it isn't. They're on Fox. It's one hour. No one gives a shit. And to kind of summarize that, we get a open, no no funny business, no yeah. like, dun, 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 none yeah. of that. No, we open with Money Incorporated entering the ring, Quinn. You know what's not very good? Money what? Inc. <laughs> like, they stink. Money Inc. stinks. Money stink. They're terrible. Now, why they're, is they're that? One of, I think they're one of those teams that everyone like waxes fondly about. Yeah. But when IRS com- comprises of 50% of the team, <laughs> you, you're shit out of luck. You're already like set the up to fail. The numbers are not working. The accounting is not there. <laughs> you know, it, it degrades the million dollar man too because he has shittier suits. <laughs> Like he, he has like a satin padded. I don't. I don't know it's what not the good. fuck he's wearing. It's terrible. As I've said before, folks, Quinn has helped me realize Money Inc. IRS in particular, really not that good. He really shits it up. <laughs> and you know, I see Jimmy Hart trying and everything to yeah, make it good, but they even not. they even they had to they know, know it was bad. They know. They know they <laughs> fucked up. Like because this team didn't last very long. Actually, if you really think about it, it was like year and a half. year and a half. Yeah. yeah. So we are at the uh, Indiana State Holman Center. I don't know what that is. What? And <laughs> according to uh, Graham Cawthon's history of the WWE. 43,000 people, I mean, sorry, 4,300 people, which is not a lot. No, that's not a lot at all. Semicolon, some freebies. Oh. (laughs) Which will explain some things that we see. Man, I think there's ROH shows that get more than that. (laughs) Oh, no, sick burn, bro, sick burn. So we are hosted by Vince and Bobby at a green screen. And That's okay. It's okay. The Warriors music hits and the ultimate maniacs, Quinn, run down the aisle. This tag team was bad. That's, of like, course, Savage and Warrior. What, what? I don't like it. Okay, why not? all it is is like, hey, remember when we did that thing with with Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and it was good? Well, this isn't that. Like, that's, we might as well just say that. Like, but It's kind of like it. Right. Like, they wear the colors of Hulk Hogan. It's true. It's bullshit. You're right. It's like, Hulk Hogan is not here. Yeah. This isn't the Mega Powers. They don't have like an established this whole like build-up thing where they shake hands and everything. No. Nope. Like, they just kind of were like, well... They wrestled. Know, they wrestled. And now they're a team. Yeah, he retired Macho Man that time. And Savage is like, oh, it's okay. There's not even Elizabeth. No, no what? Elizabeth. Elizabeth's That's poop. That's terrible. Now, you know what's weird? Maniac was always associated with Hulk Hogan. 
the, right. the mega maniacs with mm-hmm. Brutus Beefcake. How did Savage get that associated to him? They should have been the Mega Warriors or something. Right, or like the, the Macho Warriors. Yeah. Because the madness was Savage, just that Macho Madness. What about Madness Warriors? Well, That's let, Let's brainstorm a good tag team. What are you, for right for the WWE now? Well, we, we should wreck on this shit, get in the time machine and go fix it. Well, if it was WWE now, it'd be War or Savage or something stupid. <laughs> yeah, just combining like their names together. Ultimate Savage. Yeah, the ultimate. That's a good name. Ulta Savage. No, just Ultimate Savages. Money, Fuck yeah. Money Inc. attacks the start as referee Quinn. Uh, excuse me. He's not even referee Mike Kyoto. He has upgraded. He's just that. the official. Just the official. <laughs> he doesn't get a name drop. Nothing. No, but he tries to maintain order here. So anyway, Savage is wearing red and yellow, like no, Quinn mentioned. because that, That's Savage's colors. Too. And a shirt, That he doesn't course. take off the whole match. I just need to warn everyone. <laughs> In case you were waiting for that shirt yeah. to fly off, yeah. folks. No, it doesn't happen. Anyway, the faces here dump the heels as we get a brain scan, which was the precursor to Jerry Lawler's royal match. Uh, Magistrator. Yeah. It's basically the telestrator that John Madden the was magistrator doing. Magistrator sounds so naughty. Like, that sounds like some kind of porno thing. Like, you get some uh, penthouses and you go up in your room and magistrate. Right, exactly. <laughs> Do you think that was like, there was no. like an undercurrent there? No, because it's a port. Portmanteau. Yeah, I get it, but telestrator and a magistrate. They had to know that sounded a little like. But a brain scan. That could be naughty too if you want to really think about it. Head, brain. No, you're going too far. I think Magistrator is, is sounds naughty. You know what the worst part is? Bobby Heenan somehow draws a picture of H. Ross Perot. <laughs> you will hear the giant sucking sound. So anyway, a comical atomic drop cell by Teddy DiBiase there. The crowd... Whatever crowd it is, it's not this arena's crowd. It's yeah, very it's loud. Definitely not. <laughs> it's not this crowd, though. Some crowd was really loud. They taped it and they inserted it into this. I'll tell you what. This crowd looks like they're all just sitting there going, oh, <laughs> like they're, they're, nobody is cheering. There's it's like true. There's like faint claps. Like it's just like, a bunch of bored men in flannel. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> there's no way that any of that is not a lie. No, in the it's, crowd. it's all false. Quinn, you also mentioned that Mike Rotunda is clearly just along for the ride. Yes, he, he has no business being here. He looks just like an idiot. Like, it's just like, oh, wow, I made it? Like, like whoa, they really want me to just stand here? I, I'm honored, really. And like, as you're saying this, we get a sleeper by Irwin. Come on! Like, terrible. And, and then, you want good wrestlers? Because we get a shot backstage of Flair, Perfect, and Razor Ramon Crappy Edition. Now, okay, first of all, Ric Flair... You know, we got the Saturday Night's main event. He just lost the title to Brett. Why not just have the rematch, right? Eh, no. Let's, fuck that. Like, let's just have him stand around in his purple robe and talk about nonsense. With Razor Ramon. Who gives a shit? Like, why do they keep doing this? It can't even be the good flair where he's, like, making naughty jokes. Right. Or, like, talking about his watch or... Wearing a suit. Shoes or something. Being the nature boy. Does he ever wear a suit in the WWF? Ever. I've never seen it. He always has the robe on. What is that about? It devalues him a little, doesn't he? Has it? it once when he's, like, at a restaurant with Mean Gene yes. Or You're right about that. I don't even remember what it was about. Something like, about Elizabeth or yeah. some shit. Anyway, Flair says, we don't care. We don't care. Well, no one does. So yeah. you're, you're on board there, Flair. Yeah. <laughs> Razor's like, hey, McMahon. <laughs> now, he's so crap at this point. <laughs> uh, like, he's so bad. <laughs> he is. So Warrior is now in the million dollar dream, but Savage breaks it up. Savage does not look like he cares at all, Quinn. He's getting ready to go sit on the bench and be Babe Ruth over there. Ugh. You know what's Doesn't the worst either. part about me not caring? This is for the tag team titles. Did we You're right. Even no, I didn't that? say that because yeah. the announcers barely did. They're on the line. They are on the line. 
Hot tag as IRS also comes in and uh, flying elbow, but DiBiase breaks it up. Vince takes umbrage with DiBiase breaking up the flying elbow, but Vince had no problem with Savage breaking up the million dollar dream. It's bullshit. It I, I bullshit. don't like that. As much as I love the Macho Man, and do you want him doing we this? We need to have some fairness around here. We need some fairness, some justice, some justice. Yeah. Pier Sixer is a faces clean house again. Let me guess. Money Inc. is just going to leave because that's what they do. Quinn, yes, you're correct. Yep. Money Inc. powders. They take the count out loss. Savage and Warrior, as Money Inc. are clearly getting counted yeah, out. Yeah, it's like super obvious. Savage and Warrior just stand there stupidly instead yeah, of getting them back in the ring. They're like the crowd. They're just going, <laughs> oh. Bell rings. And then they get mad. And then they get mad. Like, like they don't know wrestling. Have you ever, like, won titles before? Because I'm pretty sure both of you have. Like... They've both been World Wrestling Federation (laughs) champions. They don't understand that they're being counted. Go get them, you dumbasses. Don't you want to win the tag belts? Doesn't Savage know this strategy? Didn't he used to do it? (laughs) You know what the sad thing is? is Savage just acted and like did what he was supposed to. He could have won the Triple Crown right here. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah. He would have been the first. No, the Ultimate Pe- Warrior would have also, also won the Triple yes, Crown. It would have right. been a simultaneous Triple Crown. But no, we just no. got to stand there and go, oh. Yeah. Anyway, as they're chasing Money Inc., Flair in robe, Perfect and Razor come out to attack. Every ref in the company comes out, along with Tony Gurria, Rene Goulet, and Sergeant Slaughter. This is confusing. So Can I have- you explain this yeah, to me? So, okay. So Sergeant Slaughter, in the fall of 1992, had retired from the ring. Good. (laughs) You maggot. Yeah. And uh, unceremoniously, but mentioned on TV and mentioned in the magazine, Sergeant Slaughter became like a special uh, advisor. What does that mean? To Jack Tubby. Yeah. Never fucking again will Sergeant Slaughter wrestle. (laughs) Instead, what he will do is he's going to help me officiate things. And if someone gets fined. He can have a say in the fine. It was what like the shit fuck like is that. This? He I've was never a special helper. What is he for? He's, he's a special helper. <laughs> he sucks. Like, he's not even the commissioner either. So Why that, wouldn't you at least do that? So I'm imagining that Gorilla hired him as commissioner based on his resume here that he helped out Jack <laughs> That's Tubby. amazing that that is like a thing. It's and real. I'm surprised we never mentioned that in the hierarchy the other night. Hello, or whatever, the other the other podcast. <laughs> yeah, the whatever. other night. <laughs> yeah, we do it during the day. I'm sorry, the podcast. Sometimes it's at night. No, well, we're I, live. Yeah, we're live, so we do it during the day. Cause, right. Well, depending on when you're listening to it, we jump into your phone. You know, I'm sad, Quinn, because uh, the Bret Hart video package to the song, to the Tom Petty song making some noise is edited out. I guess you could put oh. the you should just put that song in the end of the podcast or something. That's from Tom Petty's 1991 album uh Into the Great Wide Open, I believe it's called. Is I that, love Tom Petty, but I don't song like is that, that album. Again? Making some noise. Okay, that's the one where we're making some noise, making some noise. Yeah. Pretty good song. And he's like clapping the hands of fans and shit and going around the nation. People in the sharpshooter, right? It's it's the album that has learning to fly on it and two gunslingers and into the Great White Open. Yeah, your favorite Tom Petty. I love Tom Petty. You're a big anyway, fan. yes. Shawn Michaels is now in the ring to face the British Bulldog for the IC title. Now he still has the uh, "I'm not your sexy boy" like Sherry music or whatever. I can't do her voice. Yeah, that's a really good impression. That whatever she says. Yes, he still got Sherry's music, but she was uh she was mirrored by yeah. now. <laughs> She's been mirrored out. She's been mirrored. That's now a verb. Yeah. Earl Durrell is the ref. So he'll, I'm sure, steal the spotlight in some way. And uh, Quinn, the British Bulldog's going to lose whether he wants to or not in this better, case. <laughs> uh, enough of him. By the way, I just have to mention, yes, it's Vince and Bobby. They've barely said anything of note. Like, they literally sound like they just <laughs> want to get this shit over this with. This is like, we just got to get through this. Honestly. Like, enough. It's almost like Fox already said we're out. Yeah, just like tape this. Yeah, yeah but please. Enough. Don't. Please stop. 
So Sean, by the way, has some snazzy like zebra stripe tights. Okay. I, I like them. Quinn, you were lamenting that the uh, the bulldog should have named his his bulldog Wembley instead of Winston. He should have renamed him after he won the title in Wembley Stadium. I think, and Winston would have no wouldn't have noticed anyway. He's like it, they kind of sound similar. He Plus, he's a dog. He would have just been like ruff, ruff. and then just like followed him. And where was Winston anyway? He's probably dead. No, maybe not the boss yet. man got his hands on him. I don't know. Maybe he was fed to him. Hey, yeah. is for you fans out there? Maybe Ryan Schmock would yeah. know this, or T. W. Hamilton. Okay, Richard Land. Even I don't know what would they know. Are Matilda and Winston the same dog? I always thought they were, but I'm not sure. I never noticed if one had a dick or not. So that's probably good that you're not looking at an animal dick. Well, yeah, but I mean, that counts. That's like a thing that matters because if one's a girl and one's a boy, right. we gotta know these things. But I'm just saying, I never looked. We should check the videotape. I'd rather not. I swore Matilda actually had a dick, which She's is... Con- the Nicole Bass of dogs? Yeah, like that. they just didn't acknowledge it. Short arm scissors by Sean, and Bulldog <laughs> does that power out spot where he lifts him all the way up on his shoulders and slams him back. But I he, like it. He hurts his back. I like it too. Yeah. He hurts his back though. Big press slam by Davey. So the fake crowd is yelled through the whole thing like constantly <laughs> with their kids in an amusement park or something like Meanwhile, that. Meanwhile, if you look at the crowd, they're literally like staring into space. <laughs> they, they don't give They a don't shit. even like later at the end, big things happen in this match. It's a known match. They don't so care. I'm not really spoiling anything, no, no, no. but like this should be a big deal and no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. So the announcers talk about the election results because obviously so current <laughs> between the taping and the airing the election happened for president so you know they're showing how current they are this is definitely live you know let's talk about right. the election yeah well you know if bush would have dumped quail like the bulldog just dumped Shawn michaels and picked me as his running mate he'd have won it all back and forth exchange leads to an armbar by davy there's also an ica pro banner like tucked away in the corner just like at this on this show that's just right. like if you watch on the patreon yes, you can see right. it you can see it right now it's behind me so anyway michael sends bold to the outside is quinn and i talk about that time george hw uh, bush <laughs> threw up on the japanese guy yes so we were talking about the factors of why george hw bush lost ross the election perot. to bill clinton in 1992 right now ross perot what did he get 17 percent of the vote uh almost 19 Wow, that's a lot. Bill Clinton was very charismatic and popular and did a better job, you know, positioning well, himself. Well, I would say also the saxophone on uh, whatever, on Arsenio. Arsenio, that helped. Big deal. But, you know, George Bush, he just puked on the Japanese guy and, like, I don't know. Did he, like, pee his pants? Did something, like, Do other embarrassing we happen? Can, we can pretend that he I did. just, something else embarrassing happened, I remember. Well, I don't know. Maybe Oh, did. What, what about, was that the guy who couldn't spell potato thing happened? Dan Quayle. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a lot of embarrassing things. A lot of things. 1992 yeah. was a fun year, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> so, Michael's with an abdominal stretch. The board crowd, by the way, Quinn looks, they all came off the set of Roseanne earlier in the day <laughs> as extras. Fucking extras in the Lobo Lounge or some shit. Well, just instead of like the crowd noise, they should have just played but like while the commentary's like going on, like every every yeah, other really. noise except the crowd sweeping and the Roseanne theme. It's Fisher there. Yeah. <laughs> Shawn Michaels continues to beat up on the Bulldogs back, and then another abdominal stretch. Quinn, you were asking me if Sean's tattoo is real. Yes, it's Sean. It, it's not fake. Actually, did get a tattoo of a heart. With a snake sword thing wrapped around it. That's some dedication for the gimmick. Well, you said he is the wrestler of the 90s, right? He is. <laughs> I, he definitely... Do you, would you say he was the wrestler of the 90s? Uh, I'd say he's one that's, of the wrestlers of the 90s. That's a hard one. thing to, to talk. Stu Hart is a wrestler in his 90s. Well, I'm saying this because is Stone Cold the wrestler of the 90s or Shawn Michaels? Because Stone Cold like carried over in the 2000s and like... What about Hulk Hogan? 
He was still like the whole decade he mattered. Not as big. He's the wrestler of the 80s. It's a topic for another time. Yeah. Bulldog hits the ropes as the turnbuckle pad that Michael's loosened earlier now falls hmm. off. We get a big slingshot by the dog into the regular turnbuckle, by the way. And then a delayed vertical suplex gets to Michael's reverses an Irish whip and Bulldog whacks his back on the exposed turnbuckle. But Bobby Heenan defends Shawn Michaels. He says, no, 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 that's not the same turnbuckle that Michael's loosens. It was the north one. Yes, the north <laughs> the corner. The north corner. Which I don't even, does that like make sense like with a, you know, geographically, geographically, and all cardinal that. Cardinal yeah. directions, maybe yeah, it does. Northwest know. corner. Anyway, we get a super play attempt by a bulldog, but Michaels falls on top of him and gets the three count and his first of many intercontinental championships. Quinn, like you said, no one cared. There's like someone literally <laughs> yawning. Shame. Yeah, it's a fucking shame because this is like a big moment, and some guys the, walking up the steps yeah, to leave in the career trajectory of Shawn Michaels. Like this is like okay, Shawn Michaels is now on a level that matters, yep. and he is going to be a big force to be reckoned with in the World Wrestling Federation. And meanwhile, the crowd's taking a leak. Yep. Backstage, we have Flair, Perfect, and the Razor Ramon Crony edition. Flair says he wants all the belts from Brett and from Sean. Perfect says nothing that matters. And yep. Raz- <laughs> Razor's funny. Who cares about good days, bad days, summer slam? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Who cares about bad days, good days, summer slam? Flair is also, like, yelling for no reason the why, entire time. Why are they even here, Joe? They're not doing anything. Like, what the fuck were they invited here for? I'm serious. Fair Did point. they have a match? Nope. At all? I mean, probably at the taping, but right. not, uh, not exactly. on this live but Saturday Night's Main event. Sense. Right? Yeah. Why are they there in wrestling gear? Those two just, they would find a way to be annoying. <laughs> like, in not a good way. Well... You really, really don't like 92 Razor, right? It stinks. Like, <laughs> And listen, I think I've convinced you pretty well you that like it's not good. 92 Razor is not good. 93 just, is good. Just because you get the white pants and all that in the, uh, you know, like on the streets of Miami. Like everyone tries to like wax fondly. Oh, it was so good. It's like, it's kind of a bad impression. He doesn't really do anything. His promos kind of suck. You're right. Like he's not very good yet until he really like had the ladder match or the thing with the one, two, three kid. Actually, when he turns face, yeah, mid 93 and then he turns face. Yeah. Then he's really good for a couple years. Yeah. Anyway, Poopy Shango makes his entrance here as we get a close up of a bored kid. Can he do some voodoo to make the ref run into the wall or something? <laughs> like Benny Hill? He did do this before. He had the doll, remember? And yes. then, like, I don't know, they were bleeding. Bob I don't, Backlund or you know, something. Something with Backlund. face his own face or something. I don't know. <laughs> mean Gene is with Bre- Bret Hart. So Bret Hart is like a parody of himself here. Yeah, and he's I, ridiculous. I fucking love Bret. But he's like, you know, this whole thing, it reminded me of my dad. <laughs> Immediately. My my dad was one of the best wrestlers. Not true. He used to take all of us. You know, I have seven brothers. He would take us all downstairs in this little room. We call it the dungeon. So creepy. And, you know, I won the tag titles. And then I won the Intercontinental. And I didn't even think that I'd ever get higher than that. You know, but Papa Shango, you're not winning. And Quinn, you said, yeah, no shit. Yeah, no shit, you idiot. (laughs) But it's just funny. Brett is in like full like family parody form here. Is not, I don't like this. I was saying to Quinn, it's not a bad promo in the way it's done, but it's just like, what the fuck's he just, talking about? Why doesn't just get Santa Claus out there now? Because this is, this is embarrassing. <sighs> you have to bring that up. Well, it's coming up. <laughs> it's coming up like the next week. Yeah, you're right. We go back to the uh, smoky arena due to all of Papa Shango's voodoo or doo doo. Yeah. Brett's old school music hits. 
to what sounds like and looks like a real crowd reaction. The only legitimate pop of the night. It actually was. Yeah. Papa Shango's funny. He acts all confused at what's yep. happening. He's like, what? There's a guy. What? What? <laughs> I'm more confused that Bill Alfonso is here as the ref. He is. Uh, no whistle. No whistle. No yeah. Taz. Uh, Brett gives his glasses to some very happy kid. Nothing to make fun of. Happy kid to get Brett's glasses. I noticed it was interesting. The glasses were like a star variation they where they had them, like yeah. stars on them. Brett put them on there. And no, because I them. saw there was another fan that had the identical glasses oh. but without the autograph and they also had the stars. I don't remember that. Maybe era. it's the earlier version. Maybe. Of them. Yeah. Shango hammers away as Bobby has now been handed a, a package that Vince won't let him open up. I don't know why. I don't know what that's all that's about. It's his package. It's his package. Yeah. Monkey flip by Brett inverted atomic drop and a big clothesline send Shango to the outside, Quinn. I, I need to remind you of something. What? Pimping ain't easy because, <laughs> you know, Shango's having trouble here. He is. Pescado by Brett. Nice flying uh, over the top rope there. That's a Pescado, by the way, in Spanish. It's fish. And, uh, uh, they I, call it a fish. I don't know why. I don't know. I didn't know that. We go to commercial back in and Shango is just farting around in there. <laughs> Bobby says, for some reason, the mojo, the voodoo whammy bammy. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's just completely random. <laughs> I don't know why. He's going to put the mojo on him. The mojo. The mojo. The voodoo whammy bammy. Exciting move alert. It's a bear hug. Uh, this match, Joe, is not very good. It's only you and Brett's on offense, yeah. honestly. Brett has none of it. He bites to get out of the bear hug. I don't blame him because this match bites. Mm -hmm. Shango takes back over with some very nice stomps. He might not be a pimp, but he sure is horrible. Thank you. Boo! Choke toss by uh, Papa John over here into, <laughs> into the best submission move ever, Quinn. It is the, the Vulcan nerve pinch. Very great move, isn't it's it? It's your favorite, Joe. It's awesome. The staple of Andre the Giant. <laughs> and Yoko. Yeah. Who, neither here nor there in the big men, by the way. We didn't mention him. Not the best, definitely not the best, and definitely not the worst. He you might know? be one of the worst, but maybe Get not. the hell out <laughs> no, of here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Speaking of getting the hell, Brett gets the hell out of this nerve hold, but gets leveled by a clothesline. Shanga goes back to the nerve hold, but facing away from the hard camera. So we get a bunch of ass, but I guess, Quinn, <laughs> Pimping ain't easy. <laughs> it ain't. It ain't easy. I have to ask you, actually, now that we just brought up Yokozuna, yeah. where the fuck was he on this show? Isn't he, like, sort he of rumbling? just debuted. did he beat Virgil up or whatever? At Survivor Series coming up, Yakazuna yeah. and all that? That's coming this, up, right? Yakazuma. Is yeah. that his debut? Or it's supposed no, to be? No, he debuted okay. in uh, October. Yakazuma and all yeah, that? Yeah, Yakazuma. Anyway, uh, Shango heads to the middle rope, misses an elbow, Brett with a Russian leg sweep for two, then a back body drop for two, a clothesline from the second rope gets two. And I don't like Bill Alfonso's count. It's too high. He, like, lifts his hand, like, <laughs> way too high. Like, it's, it's like He's high-fiving someone. Yeah, it's bad. No wonder he, like, quit reffing. <laughs> The athletic commission had enough of him. Your hand's too high and your yeah. armpit smells. Shango misses a charge. Brett grabs a sharpshooter for the win. It was a match. It wasn't very good. It was good anytime Shango wasn't on offense, but unfortunately, Shango probably dominated 75% of the match, so mm -hmm. it was Brett doing a Brett match. It sure existed. Vince was also starting to lose his voice, Quinn. Yeah, he was. Notice that it was funny. Yeah. Oh, ow! He lost it here. Good thing there was something dumb coming up. <laughs> yeah, a brain scan where Bobby like shows Brett doing the sharpshooter, but he spells out champ. Yeah, that was stupid. Was and really then he's dumb. like, uh, he's like, oh, wait. Uh. But I, what I meant by dumb is this. Oh, yeah. You mean the unnecessary funeral parlor in late 92? This is the worst interview show. Like, I hate it. It There's really actually too is. too much magic and, like, nonsense. It's like, that's like, okay. Was well, it worse than Missy's Manor? No, but Missy's Manor has a bad interviewer. At least Paul Bear is a little better. Oh, yes. Yeah. So anyway, the what guest. What is he, Ray Rougeau there? 
<laughs> yeah, that was a bad impression. Yeah. Oh, yes, here's my guest, The Undertaker. <laughs> they should have had the, like, Quebec hour with, like, you know, Ray Rougeau. <laughs> like they did with Frenchie Martin. Can, can you do, what What would be, like, Ray Rougeau interviewing The Undertaker? So, Undertaker, you are going to face Kamala at the Survivor Series in a coffin match. And fans, a coffin match is where you have to put your opponent in the box (laughs) and close the lid (laughs) and pin him. By the way, coffin? Coffin, yes. Not not casket? A casket and the coffin, while serving the same function, are actually two different things semantically Mm -hmm. and nominally there. A coffin is that shape that you think of when you think of coffin, and it's a wood box, a simple wood box, with a lid that is typically separate and nailed on. It's made of pine. It can be made of pine. I know they they, they would say that sometimes with The Undertaker. A casket can be made out of wood, metal. It can be very fancy. It's got cushioning in it. And the (laughs) lid is attached. It's a hinged lid. And it's usually a square, a rectangular box, more of like a bathtub shape. Mm -hmm. I see. And the lid slams shut. That's what they would later do. Anyway, we get clips of Carpenter Taker. Yes. And then we actually get a quick shot of the blueprints, Quinn, yes, for the casket. With like a like a drawing of Kamala, like <laughs> so that it fits right. That it's amazing the details and lengths they went actually. to for this vignette. The extremities, you yeah. might say. Uh, Stop. <laughs> we get a fun freeze frame of like a bunch of sparks as Undertaker's like yeah. hammering Just a welded piece sparks, of iron yeah. or yeah. something. It's good. Which there's no metal in this casket. It's all wood. So what the fuck is he doing? I don't know. Anyway, Paul Bearer rambles on about Undertaker, like, killing Kamala at Survivor Series, like, all happily. Oh, he'll be dead! (laughs) And the maggots or something. (laughs) Thank you, Ray. (laughs) We get clips of their hideous SummerSlam encounter. (laughs) Oh, that uh, was bad. Then Undertaker uh, comes out of his standing casket condo there. Now, I thought that was cool because, like, to me, the Undertaker lives in a coffin or casket at all times. Mm -hmm. Like, when he's not wrestling, he comes out of that. So Undertaker cuts some weird-ass promos. He's like, Kamala, there's going to be the worms, the maggots, and the larvae (laughs) feasting on your rotting carcass. He says there's only one thing left for him to take from Kamala. His legs? His soul. Oh, okay, his soul. Sorry. There will only be one thing left for me to take Kamala. And that is your soul. I called that, by the way, when like I You did. I did say that. Mean Gene is with Bret Hart. That was a pointless promo yeah, with Undertaker, was, by the way. I will kill you. Die, die, die. Like Yeah, basically like, that's you literally, literally what it is. Play the die 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 for that's, that. That's promo. where The Rock was making fun of him from. Yeah. Die, die, die. So Gene right. is with Bret. Brett's like, you know, and then Sean storms and he's like, oh, God's green earth. Yeah. And then Gene's like, hey, this is my interview. Give me a break. (laughs) Wait, this is my interview. Sean is in full wrestling gear. It's almost as if he hasn't wrestled. (laughs) He hasn't broken a sweat either, if you've noticed. It's amazing. His hair is great. Unless he like took a shower and he's going to leave the arena in the gear. And then Bobby Heenan's like, Sean Michaels has left the building. So Sean rubs it in that he beat Bulldog. He's like, I got news for you, Jack. He literally says that. he does say Jack. I got news for you, Jack. Who beat the British Bulldog? You know, blah, blah, blah. And Brett's like, I don't give a shit. See you in the Survivor (laughs) Series. Yeah, he does like, as he's like fading up, see you in the Survivor (laughs) (laughs) Series. I, for one, ladies and gentlemen, will not want to miss that one. He has to throw in the Survivor (laughs) Series. The Survivor Series. So back to the horrible green screen, as Bobby's got a giant red gift in front of him. Uh Uh-huh. But he's on the phone, Quinn. Yes, it's a very special message coming up. He's like, he's like, what? Which one of them, Bubba? And he says, Savage and Warrior will not go to Survivor Series together as a team. Okay, first of all, just uh, we know what happens, but I just want to start with this. 
why? Like there was no division in kayfabe, like, you it, mean. like ever like pointed out at at all. In kayfabe, there's no real reason given. Yeah. There there literally isn't. It's yeah. just that they, all of a sudden they hate each other. All of a sudden they hate each other and Mr. Perfect doesn't like Bobby, despite like being fine yeah. with helping Ric <laughs> Flair. Were very here. jolly this whole yeah, show. Like, right. And this is like a week before. This is right before Survivor Series, folks, they had to hastily uh fix this because the warrior in between the taping and the airing had left or was fired or whatever the hell happens when Jim Helwig leaves the company. Yeah. Whatever all, it is. All hell breaks loose. Is all Helwig breaks yeah. loose. And uh, they were left with that one half of the Survivor Series technically main event, even though it was in the mid card. You mean the Survivor Series? The Survivor Series. So obviously Perfect was inserted on that. Probably the most famous episode of Primetime because it's on it's featured on pay-per-view. Right. That's true. And Perfect Turns face and teams at Savage. I accept that well, you are well, well, I, well, I, I accept I'm talking. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell you something right now. You don't put your hands on me. Survivor Series, I'm going to be in the corner of the Macho Man Randy Savage. So they left the door open here as this ended. My main problem, Quint, is Bobby never opens his gift as we end the show. Yeah, what was in there? What was that, what was that supposed to be? Do you think that was Undertaker-related? It seemed like it was. The way it was, it looked like a little coffin. Or was it an excuse to get the camera on the two of them to end the show? Maybe. But they know. would normally end with them anyway, right? On Saturday Night's Minute. Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't. So that's really weird. Really that, weird. That's, that should be the mystery of this this episode. We, yeah, get on the case, Bill Yankovi. Yeah. He's our new lieutenant, Bill yeah, Yankovi. Bill Yankovi handled the, um, the the gift from Saturday Night's Main Event on Fox. That's the right. last one, not the, the first one. Just the last one. Overall, Quinn, this was a weird, not very good show. Well, honestly, what the fuck? Like, what? Yeah. This stunk. Other than Shawn Michaels winning the Intercontinental title, which they didn't seem to give a shit about. They didn't. What a weird time for Sean to win it, by the way. I just don't understand. Another last-minute thing where, well, I don't know when he was going to win it. Maybe they originally planned for him to win it a little later, but Bulldog was gone after this, like right, we mentioned. Right, so I guess maybe this all this shit is happening. Brett and Sean both claim titles within a few weeks of each other. And the Mountie's gone, so that's important. <laughs> it's very so, sad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, also this year, a lot of guys were gone. Piper, gone. Jake Roberts, gone. Right. Not that they're good, but Hercules and Warlord, gone. Sid, gone. A lot of guys from earlier in the year, like we mentioned in the Rumble. They're gone. Gone. Yeah. And some of them that mattered, Slaughter, now an official. Yeah. Virgil does not matter anymore. A lot of people, you know, a lot of turnover going and on here. of course, here. the world would mourn soon when Nails was gone. Well, that was very sad you know he only has about a month left here and why didn't they hype at all the the thumbstick match or whatever it is the thumbstick you know what i'm talking the thumb about drive what, yeah, the, flash drive. Like the flash drive match yes the flash drive match yeah. but folks um overall i'd say not a very good show not recommended thumbs uh, in the like middle down sort of position. middle down yeah, yeah middle because down. the opening tag stinks yeah it actually is very bad the intercontinental title match well it's it okay means something it's, it's not, not great and brett versus shango Look, I love Brett. There's no reason to ever watch that. I also like, um, you know, The Godfather, but... Again, you know, not when he's a voodoo master. Yeah, not that. Or comma. Yeah. <laughs> but comma folks, stinks. that'll put a period on this episode, number 92. Thanks so much for being with us. And of course, we will be back next year, next week, for episode 93, our first episode of August, actually. Michael, so that'll be fun. But until that time, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. It's free. And you can join our Patreon if you want to. Get some extra content. Patreon.com slash ovppodcast. 
But until next week, I am still Joe Morata. That is still Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. You know, in a situation like this, all I have to do is think about my father. You know, my father was one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. And I come from a real big family. I got seven brothers. You know, and ever since I was like this tall, he's been taking all me and my brothers down to the basement. We got a little room down there. We call it the dungeon. There's a little wrestling mat down there, and he's taught us wrestling. He's taught us how to be tough. He's made us fight. And I learned hold after hold after hold, and I learned to never quit. And I took all that knowledge, and you know, it was my big dream to find myself in the World Wrestling Federation eight years ago. And before long, I worked hard enough, and I dug in, and I dedicated myself. I found myself co-holder of the tag team titles. And you know, whether you win or lose isn't important, because you keep learning. You learn from every single match, and you learn from every single opponent. You know, it was a big dream for me to find myself the Intercontinental Champion. I never thought I'd get higher than that. But as I stand before you right now, I am the World Wrestling Federation Champion. Wonderful.